Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. What's good, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of the Movement Boxing Podcast. You know, we bring you the latest and greatest in boxing news, unfiltered, unbiased, uncut, raw. You know what I'm saying? Telling you what the mainstream won't. Um, with that said, uh, we're going to get things started with some introductions. First, I'm trying the Divine Liberty of Hoojab.com, moderator. Um, and we're going to pass it on to the panelists for tonight's show. Uh, as usual, we got our co-hosts on the Truth and Facts About Boxing. We got uh, Bo and Bernard. Uh, what's good with y'all, fellas? What's good, Twine? It's your boy, Detective B. I've been missing for two weeks because I was looking for Peter Quillen. What's up, people? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and we going to hold it down uh, to our fellas who can't be on today's show. Of course, we got uh, TK, the prodigy. Um, he can't make it on today's show. Um, so, you know, we're going to hold it down for him. And, of course, Big Cool from Colossal Boxing Talk. So, um, you know, we look forward to hearing from y'all fellas next week, man, uh, when y'all can join us again. Uh, with that said, let's uh, get it going on these uh, topics for tonight, I guess, man. Y'all y'all ready? Yes, sir. Okay, we're ready, man. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with a review of uh, actually a women's titles fight that uh, happened last night in uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, Amanda Serrano uh, taking on Adina Kiss in a rematch. Um this was uh, her defending her WBA Women's Junior Featherweight title. Um, she won by a third-round stoppage. That's it. Um, let me go ahead and pass it on to Bo, get him a, get a breakdown of this fight, what he saw, what he liked from Serrano, um, just what he thought about it. Well, first off, we have to remember, this was a, a woman that she had beat previously, so there was no, like, big-time um, – There was no, um, you know, uh, there was no like I guess expectation of a, of of an upset or anything of that kind because even after she beat you the first time, Edna Kiss did go on to have some victories, but she still she still didn't look you know so great in some of those fights she had, and in this fight you can tell right away that Serrano was just a superior fighter. I mean. This the girl she fought couldn't get out of the way of that straight left hand. I mean, my God, <laughs> I think her left hand hurt. I mean, that yeah. hand, I think, I mean, dog, she threw more left straight left hands than jabs. What the hell? <laughs> so the girl mm-hmm. couldn't get her way out of that. Uh, the most exciting part of the fight, fight is when uh, you know Serrano had a Janet Jackson Super Bowl malfunction. Uh, uh, that was probably uh, uh, the most exciting part. Of it. But you know, she was going to the body. And uh, the the thing about boxers when they fight wild fighters is they're always worried about getting hit with something, you know, wild. So they, they, they don't try to be aggressive and go at them. And this situation, Serrano did go at it because she was always able to see the punches coming. And then the girl would go backwards also as well. So, uh, I mean, I'm not even going to lie to you, man. I'm not excited. 
I, I put, you know, we was uh, uh, sitting in the queue with Charles when I watched it because I already knew. She was, I mean, she knocked the girl out the first time. She knocked out in the first, second round. I think this time she only she finished off in the third. The referee stopped it. So I already knew how this was going to go down because the, 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 the sad part that a lot of people probably don't like admitting is when a person knocks you out like in the first round or two, normally, nine times out of ten, when you face them again, that person that knocked you out, unless you know, hey, I just got caught with something. Like I think uh, uh, Jazreel Corrales, when he knocked out, uh, what's his name in the first round? What's the guy's name? Um, to, uh, what's the guy Jazreel Corrales knocked out to win the title? Uchiyama. Right, Uchiyama. He knocked out Uchiyama. We all know Uchiyama was better than that. And Corrales, he just caught him with something. So in the rematch, it went a full 12 rounds because Uchiyama, you know, he knew he was better than that. But in a situation where you know you're not that good and you get you get knocked out early in the first or second round, you're more prehensive coming into the next fight because you're thinking, I'm not really that good or I haven't really improved that great. So you come into that fight with, you know, the same way, and that's what it appeared to me from Kiss. So, but, I mean, I take nothing away from her. She fought good. She got to stop it. She, you know, took care of business. Uh, but, uh, I'm, uh, you know, you I got to ask yourself, I don't see her going up in weight again. She went already up five divisions. So I don't see her going up in weight. If she goes up in weight in the sixth division and fight then at, in, in that division, uh, you know, that'll be, uh, that'll be a very good feat for her. All right, um, let me go ahead and pass it on to Bernard, man. Uh, what were some of the things you liked in this fight or take away? Some of the things you didn't like as well, um, if you did come across any of those in the three rounds. Well, I really, like I said, that straight left was on point. It was consistent. As soon as she hit her in the second round and it rocked her, it had Chrissy hesitating. Has, didn't really want to engage. She was doing anything to hopefully – like throwing a punch, praying, and hoping it would land, but it wasn't working. Serrano kept attacking the body to get them openings, to continue to get that left hand in there, and hopefully get to the knockout. Uh, I also saw her using that right, yeah, the right hook. It was connecting as well. Um, there's nothing really you could take away negative about this fight that uh, I saw. Because it was, she did what she was supposed to do. She fought this person. She knocked out in the previous fight, in the first fight, in the fifth round. She got out there quicker than that in this fight. So she did what she was supposed to do. I think Chrissy, if anything, uh, may want to go back to the drawing board for her and definitely make some improvements on how to deal with a pressure fighter, how to learn how to clinch. Those are some of the things I know that she wasn't trying to do. And uh, she wasn't really being that much. When she engaged, she wasn't really landing everything, she was just throwing wild punches. Like, she was just in a panic. Like, basically, she needs to calm down, relax. If you get hit with something, clinch. You know, or not necessarily back, back I won't say back away, but use that jab. Her jab, the jab she was throwing out there was totally weak. So, that's what, are the, if anything, the negative things I was going, I would say I would point out to her opponent. That's who I would go for. All right, yeah, um, this is definitely a fight to where I guess, uh, a man that could throw what she wanted to throw, which is why she was uh, able to throw that straight lead left so much as opposed to her jab. Uh, she did throw it, um, I guess, the first round and kind of abandoned it Abandoned it over the next couple of rounds, uh, going left-hand heavy, uh, even to the body. Um, 
But, yeah, um, I'm not quite sure where she goes from here. Uh, she's kind of done a lot of skipping around uh, the divisions. Um, so I'd like to actually see her go for some kind of uh, unification in this uh, division. That would uh, be, uh, I think, something stellar in her career because she hasn't done that. And uh, the other divisions she's fought in, she's just won, the tit- won titles in them. Um, and like I said, she's kind of skipped around, which is uh, one of the things 2K says he, he's – Kind of held against him, had against her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and you know what? Way. I agree with that. I I do. And, and you know, see the the thing that this is what, like a, a lot of people, even when we do the, the not to get off topic, but even when we do the men's pound for pound list, and I say this is why I rate Crawford over Lomachenko's because Crawford is winning multiple titles. He's about to become unified. You know, and you've never done same thing with like when B was talking about that with Manny Pacquiao at 147. He's only won one title at 147. He's never became, you know what I'm saying, a unified. Right. And I, never I never unified, never fought any of the other top guys in that nope, division. Yeah. yeah. You know, neither is Tim Bradley. So that's why, when you know, if you ask me to, to rate, uh, uh, you know, the, the pound for pound, it's like, okay, Ward and Crawford, because they've multiple titles. Ward did it at 168 and 175. Crawford, uh, you know, he's doing it at 140. So, that speaks volumes, you know. And of course, people are going to say, "Oh, well, they don't want to fight him." Well, man, you know, you got to crack. You know what I'm saying? You got to crank open that bank account sometimes, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the other things we've been seeing, uh, well, I just recently came across is Amanda Serrano's thinking about making the jump to MMA. To yeah, I was about to say that. I was about to say that on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. I saw that too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think. Uh, I mean, she's saying she's having problems, uh, you know, getting getting uh, opponents. But you know, they're gonna seek seek um, you know, seek a unification, I guess, uh, at this weight before you know anything else. But yeah, she is looking to make the jump to M- MMA from what it's looking like. Um, if this uh, unification bout with Anna Laura Estes can get get made uh, for, I guess, what would be the WBO title. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pretty interesting. Um, that's it. I guess we'll go ahead and jump into our next uh, <coughs> review. Uh, it won't be really review. We'll just give you pretty much um, the outcome of the fight because it was a fight that happened today in Japan, and it just uh, we just came across video of it on YouTube. So um was late getting video, so we wasn't weren't able to break it down or analyze it. But um, it's looking like. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Ryochi Taguchi uh, retained his title, his WBA light flyweight title. It was a ninth uh, round TKO over Robert Barrera in uh, Japan today. Um, so, as we said, you know, last week on the show before we previewed it, um, you know, his only loss is really the Naoya Nui. So, he, he's a really talented guy um, in that division. Um we had another Japanese uh, champ, uh, Japanese uh, youngin. You know, these guys are winning titles in a short amount of time. Um, Hiroto Kayaguchi, he won uh, his first title, you know, um, after only a year of being professional um, today. So that that's pretty interesting to see right there. Um, but he captured the IBF 105-pound title. So be on the lookout for these Japanese guys at the flyweight, junior flyweight divisions. Um, you know, they're making a lot of noise and they're doing it fast. You know, we uh, pay a lot of attention to uh, the Lomachinkos and stuff like that. I've done it uh, 
under 10 fights, I guess, because they're in the higher weight class, but these guys are doing the same thing in just a smaller division. So, I mean, we need to get these guys their recognition the same way. Uh, you guys want to add in uh, about those? As well, about the, uh, no, uh, respect to them. No, just respect to uh, acknowledging that. Yeah, we should. You know, even though we're doing it, but other fans, other boxer fans should look into it as well. Take note. Yeah, um, just like research. Said, we, try to, we try to push the lower weights just because they're, you know, high action fights, the kind of fights that people seem to, the casuals even tend to like for entertainment value. Um, and they're great fighters, you know, um, all competitive fights. So definitely stay paying attention to the smaller weights, even though they don't get as much uh, television recognition and a lot of the fights are overseas. But if you can come across the fights on YouTube or anything, streaming them, definitely catch uh, pay attention to them when you can. Um, so I guess we're going to get into this week's news, uh, starting with uh, Lomachenko finally came out with a statement after all the taunting from Guillermo Regendahl over the past few weeks on social media uh, about his fight against Miguel Mariaga, um, basically Lomachenko says he wants to re, uh, Regendahl next, man. Let me get you guys' thoughts on this, uh, starting off with Bernard. He said he wants Rigo. Yeah, he said next. After Mariaga. Yep. That was his well, that was his first public statement about it since the all the public taunting and all that. So you 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 need a tune up before you take on Rigo. So you telling me, Loma, you need a tune up. Rigo wanted you after the uh after his fight with Flores, and you still couldn't um uh produce. Now all of a sudden you want him, okay. I'm going to say this, one of my uh, favorite sayings. I believe it when I see it. Because he had two people that run his career, his promoter and Bob Arum and his manager and Clemens. Arum ain't going to let that fly. He we already saw what happened when Donaire went up against Rigo and lost. So Bob Arum don't want to lose that. Have Lomachenko lose? Trust me. So he's gonna do. He's gonna pull. He's gonna blow that shit up. And if Lomachenko gets out of pocket, it turns out. When I mean out of pocket, doesn't don't want to do what do what he tells him to do. Look for um, Ams to find out some way to uh, throw him against somebody that could cause him to cause him to lose. That's all I'm gonna say. We see him do it with Pacquiao because he went with went try to make that fight with Khan. So just be mindful of that. All right, uh, let me pass it on the boat. You got a lot of uh, insight on, on the things going on with Rigo's camp. Um, what's your take on these uh, on this comment from Lomachenko? Um, seems like it was kind of loaded, a loaded response as well, but I'll, I'll touch on that after you go. Go ahead, man. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, here's a, 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 a reality that... I even hate to admit. I think if this fight don't happen, regardless of the reason, Rigo's going to get the blame for it. And the reason why I say this is we know Bob Aram, and I, I, I keep bringing this shit up. We know Bob Aram said November 3rd, 2015, 
how he didn't care to make that fight. Then he said it again, November 23rd. It's a, he said it, it's, a, it's, it's a fight that he don't want to make because Rigo, although he won every round, looked boring, Lomachenko don't need to be in there, somebody's going to make him look bad. So Rock Nation call, hang the fucking phone up. This is something he said in November 2015. As a matter of fact, I think it was shortly even after that, he said, I think it was either the ending part of last year or the beginning part of this year when he said, Rigo Lomachenko is a shit fight. Okay, so we know he said this, but yet people don't ever admit that they will always talk about, they will always tell me things that Rigo said in February of 2015 and ignore what was said by Bob Arums after February, that same year and the following year. Um, Lomachenko finally responds, okay, fine, I'm glad he did, I mean, I'm not going to throw – well, I am going to throw shade at the fact that it took him this long to respond because Rigo had been fucking talking shit about him for quite some time, and he responded. Um, and, of course, Bob Arum in that same article said that, well, I still haven't heard nothing from nobody on Rigo's side. And everybody's like, see, nobody from Rigo called Bob. Well, why haven't Bob reached out to Rigo? Like, a phone call is a two-way street. See, and that's the thing that kills me because – uh, uh, Mariaga team didn't call Bob Arams, did they? No, Bob Arams called Mariaga. Okay, Orlando Salido team didn't call Bob Arams. No, Bob Arams team called Orlando Salido. So that shit, when people say, oh, well, how can Ringo team haven't called him? Well, how come Bob have I mean, a phone call is to a fucking street. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Igis Clemens went out and said, if Ringo want us, come to 130. Rigo said, okay, fine, we'll come to 130. And the fucked up thing about that, E. Clemens also said, we ain't trying to fight no, we ain't trying to fight at 126. We're not looking backwards. Well, you look backwards to, to, to get Mariaga, didn't you? You look down at 126 to get Mariaga, right? So what the fuck was that about, okay? But, you know, coming from the man, and, and Bob Arams is saying he still haven't heard from nobody. Rigo put out a tweet that said, four days ago, somebody from my team, from Top Rank, contacted me. I gave them my manager's number. And I, I always point this out to people. I say, every time, every time, this is, if you're going to, that, see, that's why, like, that he say, she say shit I don't get into, okay? But my thing is, if somebody say something and then somebody say something, like, if you say something about somebody and then they come out and say something back, and then you say something else, and they come out and say something back, that's a sign to me that they really do want something. Or, you know, they want people to know something. Rigo put that tweet out there. He said it. Bob is saying, well, I still haven't heard from them. Okay. How come my, my thing is, okay, how come you haven't called them? Why are you sitting there waiting for them to call you? You have, How come you haven't called them? And then, of course, it's the same Bob Barham that made the statement that, you know, I was lying yesterday, oh, but today I'm telling the truth. This, I mean, this, that same Bob that's telling us I was lying yesterday, but today I'm telling the truth. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, people want to believe it because they don't like Rigo. See, that that's the thing. They don't believe it because they don't like Rigo. But at the same time, I will say this, though. The reason why people aren't trying to and aren't getting on them about it is because Rigo, Rigo hasn't really been – doing things to make himself uh, really relevant. My partner said it one time, too. Rigo should have took the Golovkin route with his man. Just fight any motherfucking body. And people would be talking shit about, oh, you beating up bombs, but at least you would have been fighting people. 
So just fight any motherfucker. As long as you're fighting, regardless of, regard, I mean, they're they going to talk about you even if you, you know what I'm saying, even if you do fight. Uh, I mean, shit, he, he, he fight Flores. And I heard motherfuckers talking shit about that. So they're going to talk shit regardless. So you might, I mean, stay busy and fight. And and that's the thing. But I'm with my man. Look, I believe him when I see it because the reality is I have said this a thousand times. I never believe Bob Arams wanted to put Rigo in there with Lomachenko. I don't – I believe Lomachenko wants to fight Rigo. I believe Rigo wants to fight Lomachenko. Bob Arams don't don't want that fight to happen. And we know how Bob can be when he don't want to make a fight. Like, people will forever blame Floyd for the Pacquiao fight taking so long. But, I mean, have we forgotten when Bob Arum said, oh, I want to build a stadium? Oh, and, and oh, the stadium won't be built in time for the fight to happen. I mean, have we forgotten some of the shit that Bob said, too? See, and that's the thing that kills me. So if you don't like somebody, you're only going to take one side. If the fight happens, the only reason why I'm kind of down happens, he has Mariaga. Then Rigo, of course, the WBA has reordered that fight with him in Flores. And we've yet to see when that takes place. You see what I'm saying? So I, I actually hope it finally does happen. And and, and and let me just say this. After Flores, if Rigo don't get uh, Lomachenko, what he needs to do is go to 130, challenge one of them other champions, and grab a belt. Now you've got to deal with this motherfucker, whether you want to or not, because if he snatches a belt at 130, now you got to deal with him. Then we'll see. But as as you know, I know us here on this panel, we'll always be viewed as being biased and all that when it comes to this, and nobody's biased. I'm I'm not saying the fighters don't want to fight. I'm saying the the manager, the managerial team, have say, have opened their mouth, then backtracked, then said something, then said something different. The managerial team don't want to fight, and they really don't want to fight. So, it is what it is at this point. Until they fight, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop talking about. It. I'm not. I'm not even getting arguments with people about it no more because people want to omit certain facts, and you're not gonna change their mind because when it's their favorite fighter, they're not gonna do what we're gonna do. And I know people probably listening to this, and I'm, I'm gonna end it because I know I'm going on because it just it pisses me off. But I'm gonna end it. But people is people not gonna do what we're gonna do. But they always say how biased we are. But those same people that are say we biased. Go back and listen to the tapes. The same month, we talk about every fucking body the same way. Andre Ward, Rigo. I said on this show that fucking Rigo not on my top ten, beating some Jazz Dickens. I said I, I said on, on another show how Ed is on the need to get his ass moving. You had Jared Hurd and other motherfuckers in your division fighting motherfuckers. You better get your ass moving. I heard you put that tweet out. Are you calling? Are you talking to Boo Boo? See, we do that kind of shit. Other motherfuckers don't do that, man. So. Like my partner said, when it happens, that's when I believe it. Outside of that, I'm not I'm not having this discussion with motherfuckers no more because people will leave out certain things because they either like one fighter so much or they hate the other fighter. I mean, uh, I'm starting to lean towards that towards that side to where yeah, we're not gonna see it, man. That window's closing. Um, like like you said, uh, Rigo has the WBA order three match with Moises Flores, which I think was the ultimate nail in the coffin in this match. If you know that fight would have ended in a regular fashion, you know, without all the other BS, I think it may have may have been a possibility for a fall. But with that being ordered, 
Um, Bob trying to keep Loma busy. Um, I mean, there's no unifications for Loma at 130. So, you know, they're already making playing a hand that they're going to move up to 135. So, I mean, that window's closing, man. And, you know, even if Rigo jumps up to 130 to challenge somebody, you got to think Loma. I mean, he's going to be long gone. You know, the 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 way the landscape at 130 is looking, like, you know, we'll see Bird Shelton and, and Corrales unify, you know, before anybody else. You know, we, we, we won't see Tank unify against Loma anytime soon, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, ultimately, I see Loma moving up to 135. Um, yeah, and then the window on this fight is closing, man. So, I mean... You know, I can kind of agree with Bo. There's nothing to talk about anymore. You know, they let this shit fester, and Bob played the played the played his hand and and ruining the possibility of the fight actually happening. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I guess over the next couple months, but I got a feeling. You know, like I said, Bob wants to keep Loma busy. And if there's no fights for him at 130 as far as unifications, which it's not looking like, he's going to move to 135. Um, but, you know, there is still that possibility, you know, he could stay the way for Rigo for a super fight before growing up. So, you know, we'll have to hope. We'll just hope for that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, I don't see it happening. Um, like I said, let's go ahead and jump into our next topic, which is uh, – pretty interesting one. It has a lot of elements involved in it. Um, Bo brought this to our attention earlier this morning, so I kind of felt like it was uh, something we needed to talk about, especially considering uh, every, everything else involved in it. Um, looking like Bermain Stavern missed his uh, BADA um, performance-enhancing drug drug testing um, on Monday. Um you know, for the WBC's clean uh, testing program. Um, he is the mandatory for Deontay Wilder's WBC heavyweight title, as we all know. Um, this kind of throws a monkey wrench in that, though, with him being the mandatory because with a missed drug test, that counts as a fail. Um, also at play, you know, we had mentioned of Deontay Wilder um, being in contractual talks to fight Luis Ortiz in November. So um, let's just go ahead and break it down. I'm going to go ahead and let, uh, I guess I'll let Bernard break down the news part, and I'll let Bo do some, throw some details out there as far as what's going to happen, man. Um, Bernard, uh, could you tell us pretty much what, what happened as far as uh, with Bermain Stavern this week other than uh, the WBC drug test missing, missing a drug test? I thought that's the only thing that the only thing I know is the drug test. There's something I must have missed. Uh, I know that he missed a day. Supposedly missed a day. We already know that he has failed the drug test. And let's let's be make it very clear. The test that he failed, the, I mean not excuse me, not a test. What he failed was not because of steroids. It was because of a uh, what he had in a uh, I guess you would say a sports drink or energy drink or whatever he was trying to take for him to help while he was working out, getting prepping for the Pavekin fight. So with that being said, I think that's – I don't think it's a red flag. I don't think 
it should be a concern because he's he's only been popped for that situation. Now, unless he did drink something that had that has an effect on him, which is not a steroid, then yeah, maybe he just needs to very what's the word? Uh, be mindful of what he takes in his body. Is that that's why he missed the um, test? But that's only a touch. We don't know why he missed the test. There was uh who was the other fighter this week that uh, missed the uh, drug test? Or was it last week? Joseph Parker. Was that? That was Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker, Joseph Parker right? Yeah, yeah. Joseph Parker missed the test, so I, I wouldn't look too much into it. We don't know why. It could be personal reasons. It could be something that had came up. Now, that's all I know for the Bermain Severn part as well. Let's not forget this. He doesn't want to let that uh, his mandatory spot go. He wants his rematch against um, Wilder. With that being said, he's very adamant on not taking any step aside money. With Don King as his promoter, I'm pretty sure Don King is trying to talk him out of it and try to say, hey, yo, let him, you know. But here's my thing with Wilder, Wilder and Bermain Severn. I wish Wilder, after he fought Gerald Washington, fought Bermain Severn right now. Because I think that would be a perfect time for him to take a break, get back to the training game, and he should be having a fight either this month or next month. And then he could have fought Lewis Ortiz afterwards. Because with that, that fight lingering and nothing's going on, it's taking too long. And you're going to have the issue of Bermain Severn basically blocking his fight until you make it happen, or you're going to risk getting stripped of your title, and you don't want to do that. So, Wilder should, that's on my thing, Wilder should have took that fight. Bermain Severn, I can't tell him he should take a step aside money, but if I was, hey, fight him. If you could beat Wilder, which I, it's the, you got only a puncher's chance, which I don't see that happening, you know, go for it. All right, Bo. Um, is there anything you want to chime in on this topic? Um, I mean, this the drug the drug test caught everybody off guard, considering uh, you know what Bermain Stavern did earlier in the week to try and block these uh Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz talks and uh, signing Jay Prince um, as his manager um, to put a block on this are the talks. Um, let me go ahead and get your thoughts on that on everything that happened with Bermain this week and how do you see this ultimately playing out now with this drug test coming out and it ultimately caught counting as a miss or um, a failure? This throws um, this throws a lot of speculation out there. For example, King might have been trying to negotiate step aside because he knew about this. And he was probably like, look, before this, this this hammer drop, let me put some money in your pocket. Because it counts as a failed, and the WBC can take away, they have legal rights where they can take away or reevaluate your fucking situation as number one. Okay? Now, of course, it's the WBC, and they have been scared to pull the fucking trigger on everything. So we can't jump up and down a hip-hop parade. Just yet, but what I'm, but it it puts that in there. So maybe that's why King was like, let me negotiate this. But it, you know, it brings me to something. 
that somebody said. It's the same thing like with Boo Boo and Drotty. Don't talk and bark when your shit ain't straight. Make sure your shit is tight first before you start doing all this talking and barking because you missed this drug test. For whatever reason you miss it, if you miss it, it counts as a fail. Now you put yourself in a peculiar situation where if the WBC do decide to snatch it, now you didn't get no step-aside money. So now you got no money, no motherfucking fight, okay? And let's just keep it real. People want to say, like there are people who are saying, oh, the only reason why people don't want to see the Severn fight because of, of, of him while they're talking about fighting Ortiz. No, no, no. When it was announced Povetkin was fighting Severn, people was like, we hope Povetkin wins because we don't want to see that fucking Severn fight again. Okay, this was even back then. So it, it puts that monkey wrench in, in there. Uh, another monkey wrench that it puts in there is the WBC might take its time making its decision. And uh, this is the perfect opportunity right now for Wilder because of what's being held up on Anthony Joshua's side with Vladimir, perfect opportunity for him to steal some of that steam back on his side by fighting Luis Ortiz. Uh, now, we talked about this before, and I think uh, I said that as soon as the WBC announced him as number one contender, Wilder should have hurried up. It was February. Wilder should have been like, hey, man, April, dog, that's it, that's your ass and got him the fuck out the way in April, <laughs> and he wouldn't have had to worry about none of that shit. That's exactly what he should have did. So although I, I applaud Wilder for their aggressiveness because his team is putting that out there like, yo, we might go this route. by be like, hey, he failed that test. We can skip over him. Or while y'all figure out what the fuck to do with him, let us make enough, let, let us make a fight. Do something, right? They could do that. They could get aggressive like that. Of course, the Vern, uh, I also feel like, you know, it, he's right because, hey, I'm the Mando. So if I don't want to take step aside, because what's the one thing we, we said about Gennady Golovkin? Yo, man, you never should have took that step aside against Cotto and Carnelo Alvarez. You should have, you know, you shouldn't have took that step aside. It should have been like, fight him. But I understand why, because you're getting 800000 to take a step aside, and then you go off and take the fight for $2 million. That's almost $3 million, easy work. So I understand that part of it. But he, 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 he's earned that spot. He's earned that right. But, I mean, this is turning into a big mess, and it really is. And I truly feel like at this point, Deontay Wilder and them should either do one or two things. Go to Stavern and say, hey, man, look, this is what we're going to do. You, you missed this drug test. WBC might snatch your ass out, you know, might snatch your ass out or sit your ass again because of this. So we still talking about giving you step-aside money. Do you want to take it? If not, dog then probably what's going to wind up happening is we're going to give you the finger and say, fuck you, and go ahead on a fight, Louis Ortiz, let you take us to motherfucking court, and while you tied up in all that shit, we're going to still be fucking fighting, making money, while you sitting because this, these procedures can take up to a fucking year. So your move, Black. And that's really what they should sit down and tell him. You know, let me fight Louis Ortiz. I'll get you after that. Here, take this step aside. Let me fight Lewis Ortiz. Then, dog, I'll get you next. Promise. I'll get you next. Because if I fight Ortiz and beat Ortiz, my stock goes up. Now I got enough, and I can produce enough people that wouldn't mind watching me fight you because I beat Lewis Ortiz. So, you know, let's make that happen. Or they could just say, well, fuck you then, man. We're going to fight Lewis Ortiz. You take us to court, motherfucker. We got lawyers. We got money, too. While you sitting out not making money, we're going to keep it moving. And that's what they—that's what really what they need to tell him. But it, 
it's definitely a mess, and that's probably why Don King was trying to take that step aside because he saw, man, this dude missed a drug. And it's funny that it came out, too, just, I mean, this could even be Don King, like, oh, you want to hire lawyers and bring other motherfuckers in? Oh, shit, okay, let me show you what I can do. Because remember, the WBC has been Don King. Uh, Don King and the WBC is what Bob Arum is with the WBO. And <laughs> let's not forget that. So, you know, it, it puts it, it's a lot of it, it's a lot of things that can go on. But I, I honestly feel like he needs to approach the veins to burn, give it to him like that, or like my man said, go ahead, and listen, man, fight this motherfucker next week, get him out the way, and move on. But we need some resolve here. Keep it simple. Uh, Keep it simple. That's all he could have did because it kept yeah. it simple. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. think Severn just plays himself here, man. This this missed test is going to really bite him. Um, I think he's he's going to get stripped of his mando, clearing that, that one hurdle that we thought was going to be to the Lewis Ortiz-Deontay Wilder matchup. Um, it's no longer there, man. Um, of course, we had to wait and hear his reason. Uh, behind missing the test, um, but we'll see how how he plays out with the WBC. But I think he's gonna lose his mando over this. Uh, no way around it. And we should be seeing Wilder versus Ortiz in the fall, man. So, I mean, that that's really the way, the best way everybody wants this to play out. Anyway, um, people aren't happy with. Wilder's uh, opponent selection, albeit uh, not always his fault because of this WBC mandatory situation and the, the shit with his uh, two of his opponents popping dirty. Um, but you know what, Juan? This is what fighting, I hate. Uh, this, this is what I hate, though, Juan. This is what I hate, right? And my partner brings this up, too. He said, this, like, this, it, it, like, it, like, one thing I can say about Bernard, Bernard has been consistent, Right? When people was clowning Gennady Golovkin for fighting mandatory, he was like, hey, he dog, he fighting his mandatory. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what he'd be consistent about. Okay, but the, uh, if you look at Duhoppin, you look at Joe Washington, you look at Malene, look at Phil, these guys were ranked in the top fucking 10 of the WBC. It's not like he was fighting motherfuckers that was ranked 15 and 20 and shit. He's fighting motherfuckers ranked in the top 10 while his mando got straightened out. See what I'm saying? But yet people still kind of shit on that. I'm like, wait a minute. These yeah, but I got, w- I got, I got uh, heat for that, like because I said yeah, hey, he should, because I said that, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, he shouldn't. I got, I, I, I got, I said if he's fighting top ten based on his sanction, about don't get me wrong, y'all wanted to see him fight top ten guys, but let's be honest, this is when it comes to the uh, sports side of boxing and the business side of boxing. Yeah, right now there's. You have these promoters that are willing to work with each other, and you got the promoters who are not working with each other. Then you got promoters like, hey, they want to let their fighters fight anybody because they're confident in their fighters. You got promoters that are confident in their fighters, but also see them as cash cows. So they want to yeah. protect them. There's a lot of variables people need to understand. So if he's going to continue to fight top 10 guys in the WBC, and you find him, let him do that. My thing is this, though, right? You cannot blame him for who he's fighting because if that's how they are ranked in the WBC, hold the WBC accountable for how they do their ranking system and not doing a very good check. In fact, hold all sanctioning bodies on how they do these ranking ranking systems. Remember, 2K went in on the WBO about the 
Pacquiao Horn as a Pacquiao Horn fight and how those fighters were all ranked and everything. So if we're going to, like both say you would say, be fair in your assessment, I'll say, yo, if he's going to continue to fight top 10 and that's how the business side is going to allow him to do it, let Deontay do it. In the meantime, between town, hopefully he could work, continue to work. His managers and promoters could get something together, work with other promoters to get him the big name fight. But if it's not going to happen, let him fight. Gennady did the same thing. Guys didn't want to fight him, so you know what? Hey, who 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 who's on my list? Willie Monroe. Okay, I'll, I'll, he's a mandatory for what the belt. The WBA. Okay, I'll fight him. Uh, who's next? Uh, Dominic Wade, mandatory for what belt? IBF. Oh, okay, I'll fight him next. Don't quote me for on that on those belts, but that's what Gennady did, and there was no problem because he had plenty of belts. The other got the WBC. Yes, that's the prestigious, most prestigious belt in boxing, and yes, he should be fighting all time guys. But you have to understand, as Bo and me, as I always say, there's a business side of boxing and there's a sports side. And right now, a lot of business is affecting what you want to see on the sports side. So just mm-hmm. take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I digress. I'll pass it back to you, Bo. No, that's true, and we're seeing that right now. The business side. The main Severn don't want to step, don't don't want to take step aside money. That's actually a business side, and you're right, and that's getting in the way of us seeing a fight that's really good for boxing. But we 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 got to give uh, uh, Wilder credit because we asked him to step it up. He looked for Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker said, "No, nah, I don't want none." He's looking at Lewis Ortiz, and somebody's in the way of that. Like where was Severn when he was looking at Joseph Parker? Where was he? Like, no, nah, you can't fight Joseph Parker, dog. You got to fight me. Where was he at then? Why now? See, so exactly. it, it's, it's a lot, dog. <laughs> All right. Um, so do uh, you guys got anything else you want to add on this one, or uh, can we go into to the next one? We can go to the next one. Yeah, go to the next one. All right. So we'll definitely see how this plays out, man. I'm waiting to hear um, next what we'll be looking for. Next is pretty much remains the Verne's uh, – statement from his team about missing the test about missing uh, the test and then uh how the WBC is going to move forward with this so um, we'll be keeping you guys uh updated in the upcoming weeks on that you know as it moves forward especially with uh these contract talks that play with uh, Ortiz and Wilder so it's a lot at uh at stake right now I said I'm going to go into our next topic man it's a pretty in- pretty interesting one man um Kind of wish 2K was on the show to hear what he he thought about this one, um, about this uh, specific order from the WBA. Um, Jorge WBA order Jorge Linares to face Luke Campbell um, for what is, what is it the light junior lightweight I believe yeah or lightweight uh, title WBA lightweight title. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll be going in the negotiations. If not, they'll have to hit a perfect bid, I'm assuming. Um, let me get you guys' thoughts on this fight, man. Uh this announcement by the WBA. Um starting off with you, Bo. Oh man, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not crazy about this announcement. <laughs> I was hoping Jorge Linares was uh would have gotten um Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia. Yeah, I was hoping he got Mikey Garcia, and when it didn't happen, Mike Garcia went to Adrian Broner. I, I thought then what's going to happen in the Jorge Linares. Uh, so I, I can't sit and say I'm crazy about it now. I, I will say this. I think it's a stay-busy fight. Um, I wish Jorge Linares would 
he needs some American exposure because he fights over in the U.K. mostly, and he's a golden boy guy. So he probably he needs some American exposure. So I wish this fight would be over here in the U.S. I uh, hope it actually takes place over here in the U.S. I'm not upset at them ordering this fight. And and if he takes this fight, like I said, it's him staying busy. But Jorge Linares' skill set level is way beyond, way way above Luke Campbell. It really is. It's way above Luke Campbell. So after this, and after Mikey fights Broner, whatever happens, I hope him and Jorge Linares can uh, can make a fight. It will all come down to whether Oscar De La Hoya wants to work with Al Heyman to make. I mean, he's worked with he he he's had Al Heyman fighter on his card before. But this is the one where you got a potential situation where your guy could actually lose. So it, it, it'll definitely be interesting. But I, I can't say I'm angry at this. And it's, and it, it's a stay busy fight. Remember, he just got through fighting Coroya for the second time. So if it's a stay busy fight, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get mad at it at all, period. Um, let me get your thoughts on it, Elvin Art. I agree with my partner, Bo, on that. It's, it is a stay busy fight. It's a fight we we don't want to see. Um, Hold on. If I'm correct, I don't want to step ahead. I don't know if y'all went on this a few weeks ago or when it happened. Isn't Terry Flanagan in the whole um, – uh, we, we got coming up. We, we, we'll, we'll get into that in the hot one. Well, it's part of the topic list, man. We'll, we'll get into it. Okay. Well, uh, if you got anything you wanted to add as far as them unifying, I, I, like I, that, I guess. Okay, I, I agree with my partner, and I, I mean, I guess I would have to wait to the next topic to further my extend on that part. But I agree with my partner on what he just said. There's a let's go and call it for what it is. There's a there's mo, there is a cold war when it comes to Golden Boy and Heyman and Al Heyman management or. Whoever, because Golden Boy doesn't want to work. Not saying they don't want to work for Al Heyman. They they only work for Al Heyman's side shows. Let's put it that way. Khan, who you see the salad. With that being said, yeah, it it is a potential chance for Lenares to lose that fight against Mikey Garcia. I wish he would have um took the fight, but for whatever reason, I don't want to necessarily blame it on Linares because, like I just said previous in the previous statement, this is another side where the business side is affecting what we want to see on the sports side. We want to see Mikey Garcia versus um, Jorge Linares in a unification bout. That would be a fight. Definitely, I would love to see the fight. Put it in the sub hub in California. Yeah, I think that would be a great fight for anybody to see, but the issue is, you know, Oscar. That's technically one. I don't want to say he's out of one of Oscar's cash cows, but he's bringing him, him some money from overseas by him having a fight in the UK. Yeah. I do agree with both. He does need a, he does need some American exposure. Yeah, he's got he is not sink any money into him because he's getting all this UK money with that he earned. So I mean, there's no investment coming out of Golden Boy's pocket, no loss at all. Right. So with on to adult. Right, so with that being said, you ain't got to do it. And you would think with him being Hispanic, you would have him on, have him fighting on ESPN too. That would be a great, some great exposure. Um, what is, uh, I, I don't know, maybe, I, shoot, I, I, it, it's, a, it's a safe, busy fight. I would have said, hell, 
since um, Gamboa is on the downside, yeah, are they in the same weight class? Before I make this statement, uh, nah, Gamboa was fighting at one thirty most recently in his most recent fight. So yeah, okay, so he ended up one thirty five. All right, cool. So no, nah, I don't want to have Gamboa up. It didn't have to move up. No, nah, but uh, just a busy fight. Kind of wish he could have picked another top opponent, but with that being said. Okay, I'll I'll speak on the rest of it because I wanna on a, on that Felix and um Flanagan fight. Uh um man, honestly, um I'm not too thrilled about the announcement. Um but at the same time I'm happy because I mean this may be the final nail in the coffin for, for one of the, another one of these uh I don't know. Y'all gonna think I'm gonna be biased? I'm biased against UK fighters. I just hate the damn hype jobs that go behind these guys, and they don't be. I mean, they don't they don't do nothing once they face a an American or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like we've seen it plenty of times. So that's the only thing. Like we've seen Luke Campbell. You know, he he had a t- a stellar amateur career, winning a gold, Olympic gold medal. So you know, he had a lot of hype behind him. You know, getting into his pro career. Um, but I've never been that in, impressed with him. You know, um, I've seen him lose to Yvonne Mindy, and I was like, okay, he is what I thought he was in these other fights that he was winning. Like, I didn't see anything special in him. So when he lost, I was like, it wasn't surprising. You know, I didn't never thought he was that great. But he's uh, unleashed a couple uh, good wins recently, especially uh, his most recent win, a knockout against Darlis Perez. Um, you know, who was a, a former title contender himself. So, I mean, it's it's a good fight. Um, definitely going to uh, – Campbell definitely presents some uh, some challenges for Lamarnes being the taller, more uh, ranger fighter. You know, Lamarnes is usually the bigger fighter uh, in most of his fights. But um, in this fight, it would actually be Campbell who has, like, the, the longer reach and is the taller of the fighters. But, I mean, I think Lenardes, his speed, timing, he should be able to to, uh, to beat this guy. Like, he, you know, Luke Campbell is, is a veteran, 29 years old, but he's still, you know, he's only been fighting a couple years as a pro. And I think Lenardes, the experience factor, you know, the guy, he's fought every style out there. So, he, I, I should, I expect him to win this fight, but um, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing this latest UK uh, derailment of a hype job. I don't want to hear from him anymore after this loss. I don't want to hear any more about him. Go back and get win, win some regional belts, but I don't want to hear about that shit. You know what I'm saying? As far as him being a contender, um. Let's go ahead and go to our next topic. If you guys don't have anything else to add to that one, nope. All right, uh, we got another uh, fight in in the works here. Um, interesting because we never know what to believe with this guy. So it's kind of like, yeah, um, it's looking like Jose Pedraza is is in talks for another fight to make his debut at 135, this time against that 135 champion uh, from the CMT stable, Mickey Bay. Um, actually, a solid fight, you know what I'm saying? You know, decent competitive fight, you know, outside of uh, all the other BS that's going on with uh, his camp. Um, 
I'll go ahead and let Bo touch on this one. Your initial thoughts about this. Uh, really? Really? Uh, You want me to talk about Mickey fucking Bay, man? Really? (laughs) Really, man? Hey, it's us world titles, man. You got to respect them. Respect us, champ. It's a world title fight. No, I said respect the ex-champ. Oh, it's about Pedraza? <laughs> Both of them, shit. <laughs> what the fuck? What, 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 what fucking belt did, 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 did Mickey belt they hold? What, the Kmart Al 12 special belt? What the fuck? What the fuck? Um, you know what, man? Honestly, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It actually is a good fight. Pedraza is coming off of a uh, a loss, his last fight. You know, he lost to uh, Tang Davis. Uh, Mickey Bay needs to get his name out there, and, and he really hasn't. Mickey Bay has never really been that impressive to me, I'll be honest with you. But, uh, but you know, this is, a, this is a chance for Mickey Bay to, um, to get, um, you know, probably pick up a win against the former world champion, hopefully get some more steam behind him. And and get himself going. So I, I'm not even lie. Even though I'm not a big fan of Mickey Bay, uh, I this is actually a good fight for him. I I I can actually see Pedraza beating him because, uh, like I said, Mickey Bay has never really impressed me, and he hasn't fought in a minute. But all in all, I can't be mad at this fight. Um, the thing that bothers me though is that uh, like, well, I, I don't know what like what. What is it about guys who are super successful at a sport, but they lousy at spotting fucking talent? Because I would love to know what the fuck is it about Mickey Baines, Elian Love, that Floyd sees so much. Like, Mickey it's, the, it's, like, it's the ego. It's the, it, see, here's the thing. It's got to be because, because remember, he you don't want nobody uh, better than You don't want nobody better than him or better than him like a surpass him. Yeah, he worked with Tate Davis. You know what I'm saying? And that. I'm not gonna say Tank Davis is gonna surpass Floyd. I highly doubt that, but he's not. He the fighters he's choosing have it. I'm making an impact. The only person that may be two people I'm looking at right now in the stable, and uh, I apologize for cutting you off, is to, to Andrew to Benny the uh, cruiserweight and Davis mm-hmm. Devin Haney. Those are the only two people I'm looking at that stable right now that are working, and that's only because they're working under um, Floyd Senior. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. That's yeah. But see, my thing is, if I'm gonna put my name on you, I'm gonna put my tag on you. You got to be fucking good. Or I mean, if, 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 at least as good as me. I mean, I don't have a problem with you being better. I'm putting my name and my tag on you. And you know, as a matter of fact, I think it was it was Mickey Bay who he had called. Um, uh, Floyd had called some cat and tell him, "Hey man, you know we're not gonna hold you with TNT no more." You know what I'm saying? He used that nigga like a secretary. So. I don't know what it is about that Floyd sees that, that, that he keeps giving these guys opportunity to keep them around. But this is a good opportunity for Mickey Bay. And uh, if he wins, if he beats Pedraza and Pedraza's a former champion, you know, hey, mo, hey, more power to him. You know, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's get it going. But uh, it's not a bad fight, and I'm being honest with you, man. I actually will watch that fight. All right, uh, Bernard, anything else you want to chime in uh, on this one well, I'll watch it too, but I wanted to ask Bo a question. Um, if he remembers that incident with Mickey Bay, 
Then it, it was a, a purse bid that he instead of taking the, the high money, <laughs> yeah, you know he was what I'm talking about. He was gonna get, he was gonna get two hundred thousand. He was gonna get two hundred thousand, and, and like, he tried to uh, bite the hand and fed him. And Floyd was like, "Oh, you instead of taking the two hundred thousand, you gonna let it go to purse bid? Think I'm gonna try to outbid? I think it was Bob Ams. Yeah, and and Bob, yeah, right. It was Bob Ams. <laughs> he wound up getting something like uh." He went from two hundred thousand to like forty thousand or something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the brightest guy, but yeah. <laughs> I digress. Next to- next topic. No, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, I- I'm gonna go in on this one. And uh, I mean, both of these fighters are have been inactive. I mean, Pedraza has yet to step back in the ring since his uh knockout loss to to Tank Davis. I'm thinking, um, I don't know, there's a lot going on with Pedraza right now. You know, when you when we do hear about him now, it's him being unhappy, uh pretty much, you know, with uh you know, we we've heard about them being unhappy with being part of the Heyman stable. Um and you know, we hear about him, he was really drained against Tank Davis. Um then he's supposed to fight Jamil Herring in his first fight at 135. Pulled out of that one. Now we hear he's in talks to fight Mickey Bay. So I'm like, I don't know what to think about Pedraza right now, man. He seems to be a head case, honestly. Um, I mean, that that's the vibe I get from him and his team. Uh, this Let is a uh... fight, a solid fight on paper. Um, it's a good confidence booster for whoever wins it, either or. Um, it puts them in, I won't say necessarily prime position at 135, but it, it gets them some recognition at, at that weight class where they could be, uh, you know, possibly in the top 10. You know, of course, Bay was a former world titleist at 135, and then his most recent loss was for a world title against uh, Francis Bartholomew last year. Um, so both of these guys are ex-world titleists. So, I mean, they're definitely capable of uh, – putting on a, a spectacular fight. So I like it on paper. I just don't know what to make of it because of, you know, what we've seen from Pedraza recently, you know, um, where it just head at. So that that's my biggest issue. Um, they, let me, um, let me interject, interject real quick. And I just have a question for y'all. Do you think that loss and him getting rocked by Tank Davis may have fucked, is fucking with his confidence that's why he didn't want to fight Jamel Herring. That's why he he's saying all this stuff. Like you know, he's trying to get from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing t- to me, he's trying to get an easy pit, easy, easy, easy win to get him back into the but picture. But he wants it. But he wants it against the name. I mean, he wants the name, yeah. but he wants the easy picking. So I mean, I, I I don't know what's going on with him right now. Um, to me, I think he just needs to stay busy, fight something to, you know, build confidence. He doesn't need to be against a named guy, especially coming uh coming to, um coming off a knockout loss. So I mean, just get get the knockout the the webs, you know what I'm saying? Get some activity in there, get so get used to the weight, one thirty five, you know. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we still here. We still here. We're just, we're just, we're just, we're just, we're just letting you come in. The, the answer. I mean, because you did ask that. I wanted to know if uh, Bo had anything oh, to answer. Oh, no. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, you got anything to say about that, Bo? My take on him being um, possibly like, yo, I'm trying to get some easy pickings, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing, so I'm just throwing all this, this shit and this and that. Who is this? Pedraza. Pedraza. Man, let me tell you something, man. Pedraza get on my fucking nerves. This is a motherfucker that he does. He gets on my fucking nerves. This is a motherfucker that, like, between him and Ronis Monterosian, they kill me, man. They tell, oh, you know, we, we tired of Al, but Al give you the opportunity and, you know, you, you don't pass. And, or, or like like Twan just said, you had this one fight, you pulled out, you had that one fight. So don't tell me you're tired of your promoter. If your promoter's trying to put you in a position and you either ain't got shit right on your end, then, man, fuck out of here, man. I ain't trying to hear that shit, man. Right, right. Mono, right. Same thing with Ronald Rosen. Oh, Al Heyman. You leave Al Heyman to go to Dawn King. Like, well, huh? <laughs> like, what? But, you get you know, a title fight that can't win. That's what I'm right. Exactly. You had you had three title chances, and you and can't win. And that's and that's it's Al, Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Yeah. 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 So you 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 didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't tell him to lose. You supposed to tell him to stand there and let me hit him so I can win on points. Yeah. And, and and then and then look at this too, Pedraza. Tank Davis has already fought one since Pedraza. Pedraza ain't fought none since losing the tank, and that ain't got nothing to do with your promoting. You ain't talking to people. You ain't you know what I'm saying? It's like, dog, what are you doing? What like yeah. what are, are you going? Are you telling out? Listen, man, I want to fight because if Robert DeGuerrero was getting fights, you know what I'm saying? He, he obviously fucking <laughs> fighting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you got him. Uh, Aaron Martinez, you got you got certain dudes that's obviously fucking fighting. So, I mean, you're a former champion. I'm quite sure if you went to Al and said something, hey, man, look, man, I want to fight. Or went to your manager or, or went to your promoter and said, hey, man, look, I, I, I want to fight. Okay, sometimes, like, what kills me, these guys blame Al, but it ain't just Al. Talk to your fucking promoter. Because your promoter don't have to go through just Al. Your promoter can say, you know what, all right, man, I'm going to reach out to so-and-so. I'm going to see what I can get you. You know, so I mean, yeah, we all know how this the head on show. I get you know, yeah, he's, uh, he's trained by uh, Pedraza is trained by his father. He also happens to be his manager and you know part of these negotiations that goes on. So a lot of the stuff that comes out in the media about them being disgruntled, you know, sometimes it comes from him. You know, so um, you know these fights are being offered to him against quality guys at 135 for his comeback fight, and he's not taking them. So, I mean, I'm not sure if it's the dad that's the real diva or Jose, but, I mean, he, he looks like a straight-up head case, man, and it's not a good look. You know, um, I don't know what it was about that made him pull out the Herring fight. You know, they both were actually coming off losses at the time, Herring losing to uh, Shafikov, and, you know, of course, um, Pedraza losing the tank, so I thought that would have been a good step up fight to 135, you know, um, against a, a, a solid guy in the weight class, the prospect. Um, Mickey Bay, this is also a good matchup just because he's, like I said, he's one fighter from being a titleist. So, I mean, it's a good fight either way, but you just don't know if Pedraza is even going to take these fights now. That's what it's starting to come to for me. Like, if he's going to fucking sign the contract. Is he gonna go through with it? You know, so we'll we'll keep our eye on that situation. But um, we'll go into the next topic. Um, Bernard actually uh, wanted to chime on this one, so I'm gonna go into him first. Uh, 
you know, after introducing it, of course. Um, of course, we had Terry Flanagan versus Felix Verdejo um, was ordered by the WBO, and they came to an agreement um, for their fight. Now, um, this week, the fight's been postponed due to an in- injury from Terry Flanagan. Um, so I'll go ahead and let Bernard kick it off with Bernard. I know he has something to say about this fight. Seriously, I'm not sure if he knew if it was postponed or not prior to that, but I'll uh, go ahead and let him go. Well, I didn't know what it was postponed. It just kind of weird at the same time. Well, that as soon as Linares got to, got his opponent, Terry Flanagan is injured. That leaves Felix Verdejo open. I'm not saying Felix Verdejo would uh, is a uh, what's the word is a uh, that could beat Linares, but that is a good that be a that be a good step of fight for for Dejo, and that'd be a good fight for uh, Linares. That's a name because Felix is. And that would be good, even if anything, if they could have pushed. Well, they could have. They could have had that fight. Yeah, it's too much for. It would be too much for Verdejo right now to put him against Linares. Linares is obviously the class of one thirty-five right now. Um, to put a, a guy that's still unproven and has a lot of questions against him, like I, I don't think that the Linares would have been a good choice to defeat Verdejo, his first title shot. Uh, Flanagan was actually the right opponent, you know. Um, he's considered the weak link, other than Croya, who lost, you know. Right. Um, he was considered the other weak link at that weight class. Okay. Go ahead and finish your point, Bernard. Oh, yeah. I was basically saying I was – it would have been a good step up fight to see, you know, yeah, unproven. You have a lot of questions. Let's see him go against a vet, a, a vet like Lenari. I'm not saying he would have beat him. You know what I'm saying? Anything could happen in boxing. But I would have definitely had Linares and highly favored Linares to win this fight by decision. But I definitely want to see Linares, not Linares, excuse me. After this, with Terry Flanagan being injured, what is Steelers going to do? Is he going to get some kind of step up in competition in 135? You have to understand, Verdejo is signed by who? Bob Aaron, top rank. So is and we're going to continue to baby and protect him in a way by throwing him and giving him these fights, these easy fights to the point that, hey, I'll build Felix up for the Puerto Rican community and have him fighting out of Madison Square Garden doing the Puerto Rican Day Parade or the Puerto Rican Day Weekend. Is that what he's going to do? I can see Aaron doing that, but I definitely agree with you on Twitter that he is improving and we have a lot of questions. I definitely want to see his step with competition, but and I'm going to do that. He had it with Flanagan, but... I'll let Bo uh, go in on this one before I add, add my two cents. Bo, uh, what are your thoughts about the postponement of this fight? Because there's uh, some rumors out there. I know Verdejo's team wants to see proof um, of Flanagan's injury. They think he pulled out because of the money right now. Um, is something that I've been seeing um, going around. Uh, let me get your thoughts on these things, Bo. And just the postponement well, in general. It ain't just uh, it ain't just Fideo's team that think that the WBO also thinks that also the WBO has said that he put in a claim to say he was injured, but he didn't send the, the documents from the um, doctor to say what leg it was, what type of injury, none of that. 
So they gave him they gave him a time frame to send that correct stuff over to them. So uh and also I'm with uh Fade on the team. I think Flanagan didn't like the money and and here's another example of the business side. I'm about to fight Vadejo. Is it possibly I could lose? Uh, if I lose, I'm I'm not going to get another shot at 135 at the title because these motherfuckers holding titles, God damn it, I can't beat enough. So <laughs> pay me to take this risk. And uh, that's really what, it, in my opinion, what it's boiling down to is, you know, he probably don't like the money. And the, the WBO, along with Flanagan team, is like, look, man, we need to see proof, dog, that you, you know, that this is what you're really telling us. But as we all know, when you bite the hand that feeds you in Bob Aram, you can mess around, Jack, and find yourself not only down and out, but out the fucking door. So if Flanagan does lose to Vadejo, shit, look for Flanagan to bounce off the WBO list <laughs> if this is really the case. You're right, because WBO and Todd Wing is a mob that mob family that works together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, but and then now the thing is I understand if like if Franklin is doing it for money. Because this just kinda came out of nowhere. And remember there was a lot of names that was targeting Flanagan. I remember Jorge Lenade as a targeting Flanagan. Mike Garcia was talking a lot of names. Now Felix Fidejo, I'll be honest with you, he has not looked impressive since his return. He actually has looked worse. Shit. <laughs> he looked like he wasn't that – I wasn't that impressed with him to begin with, but he actually looked worse in, when, when yeah, he came back. I, I don't think he's looked good since, since uh, Ivan Bam Bam Nair uh, fight on Exactly. Exactly. So, but if if I get what Flanagan is saying, because if Flanagan loses, you got Robert Easton Jr., you got Jorge Leonardo, you got Mikey Garcia. He ain't beat none of the motherfuckers, so he ain't getting the title back. He ain't getting another title shot, you know. He don't, uh, you know. He's just gonna be in front of being. As a matter of fact, I don't think he can beat fucking Ray, uh, uh, Beltron because Beltron is back and on the scene. So it's gonna be a hard road for him. So I get it if you want to ask for more money, but at the same time, motherfucker has been knocking, motherfucker knocking at your door. Your number is, you know, what I'm saying like, motherfuckers answering the bell, knocking at your door. You a champion. I get it. I really do get it, but you can't sit back and do nothing while everybody else around you is making moves. Robert Easton Jr. just fought Shaka Cub. Jorge Linares is, is is about to fight his uh, a mandatory in Luke Campbell, and Mikey Garcia is busy. When cats around you making moves, motherfucker, you got to make a move too. So you might not like that money, but you got to make a move. And right now, I don't see you getting more money fighting nobody else if it, if it isn't for they hope. But this is what happens when you sign with the devil. And that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um Um, it's pretty interesting about this whole thing with the with the injury and that they didn't do file the proper paperwork for the exemption or to get the exclusion mm-hmm. from the WBC or WBO. So I mean I kinda wanna wait for that to make too much of a judgment. But um, I do agree. Um, they're definitely seeing something funny here as far as uh, this being pulling out, you know, so fast after the announcement because, you know, that fight was just announced last week. Even though Verdejo's been a mandatory forever, you know, this, you know, this fight was just announced. Like, they finally came to an agreement recently, you know, after being close to having to go to a purse bid for it. 
Um, honestly, that would have been his best bet if he wasn't happy with the money. Fucking go to purse bid, take that, uh, you know, the champion normally gets the higher percentage. I'm not sure what the split is with the WBO. I doubt it's outrageous like the IBF shit. But um, generally, you know, the champion gets the higher uh, split in the purse bid. So I think that's the route they should have took. Frank Warren, you know, his promoter, didn't do him a good didn't do him any service, you know, if the money is a real issue behind this. I also think it's a dangerous move by Flanagan because you got to remember Felix Verdejo finally did what we've all wanted him to do the past couple years and switch trainers. Um, I'm not necessarily saying Abel Sanchez is going to make him, you know, bring, bring anything to him, but, you know, he's a very credible name, and Verdejo has needed to adapt, you know, uh, we we said we he's needed to leave his his uh his amateur trainers for quite some time in Puerto Rico, so he's training in Big Bear with uh Abel Sanchez now, and I think that's you know the more time he gets with Abel Sanchez, of course he's going to get more acclimated, and it's more date you know it presents a more dangerous style for Flanagan, you know, giving him more time you know with this camp, so uh, it's definitely a tricky thing. Um, Flanagan is definitely in a weird position, man. Um, I don't think it's a, a position where he wouldn't take the fight because, like Bo was saying, uh, Verdale hasn't necessarily looked that impressive, and you know he hasn't even had a camp under Abel Sanchez, so I, you can't really put too much on that until after a couple camps, anyway. So I mean, Flanagan definitely has a good shot at this fight. It's a, a definitely winnable fight. We've been waiting for Verdejo to step it up for quite some time. You know, after not after not looking impressive in his last couple of fights, so um, it's still a good fight. We haven't haven't heard anything about potential makeup dates for it yet, so we'll keep our eye out on it and uh, keep you guys up to date on it as well. Um, you guys got anything you want to add on to this one? Nope, I don't. Um, no. That's it, man. Me, 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 I'm good. Okay. Um, so next we got, uh, we've already talked about one of these fights as far as, uh, Jared Hurd and Austin Trout being in the works for their, uh, him defending the IBF 154 title fight. But this one, um, kind of caught us off guard. We didn't expect it to get made so soon. Um, it's looking like Jamal, Jamal Charlo and, uh, Erickson Lubin are, um, in talks to fight on the same card as, uh, Jared Hurd and Austin Trout, September 30th. Uh, he'll be defending his WBC title as Erickson Lubin is his mandatory defense. Um, man, I got to give it to Jamel. You know, he's made two, he's made two quick uh, mandatory defenses of his title, you know, against Hadley, and now this one against Lubin, the young up-and-coming, uh, the hammer, you know. Um, man. Let me get you guys' thoughts on this fight, man. Um, I, I have some concerns myself, so I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, let both start off with this one. I mean, this fight is actually signed. What's your thought, thoughts on this one about uh, Jermil and um, Erickson Lubin? Hey, man, I like it. They're two young dogs, undefeated, going at it. I definitely like it. This is uh, Erickson Lubin, I think, should have been in the position that Jerry Hurd is in, to be honest with you. Okay? Uh and this is a uh, uh, this is, in my opinion, this is going to be 
Jamel Charlo's toughest fight. Erickson Lubin, exceptionally athletic. Erickson Lubin, very good hard puncher. He's a southpaw. Uh, he can match Charlo almost in every way. He can match him in, 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 in hand speed. He can probably match him in power, athleticism. I think where Charlo has it is, Charlo is fine. He's starting to find his groove, and he's starting really to find that meanness in him that his brother has. He's finding it under Derrick James. Uh, he looked, you know, good against uh, Charles Hatley, but of, co- of course it was Charles Hatley. But uh, but the fact that he still looked at <laughs> the way he looked, I mean, I get it. Yeah, it's Charles Hatley. Okay, we can't downplay that. Okay, it was Charles Hatley. But if you look at how he knocked him out with the step over, and then the, you know the punches he was throwing, it's like man, he wasn't throwing that before. So I think Derrick James has done a better job of being able to connect with 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 uh, uh, Charlo to bring to bring that out of him. So I like this fight, Erickson Lubin. You know, young cat on his way up in the rise, uh, on his way into the mandatory position. And I give credit where credit is due. You know, they're not trying to not fight this mandatory. This this is a fight that even if he wasn't mandatory, I still would want to see because this is it, it is it's a danger it's a fifty fifty fight it's a pickle fight in my opinion. Now of course I'm picking. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm gonna go with Charlo because I just think from an overall level with the corner and the experience and the guys. Because remember one thing, Charlo got the Lubin don't get. Charlo got a sparring partner that he can fight with by the name of Earl Fucking Spence. And <laughs> you spar with Earl Spence, or oh, I'm quite sure he can get in there, and he can probably, you know, from what he got with Earl Spence, he can get in there and be like, all right, figure some things out and what to do with Lubin. So that that that's another uh, nice little fun factor there for him. But I like this fight, man. Two young cats doing things at 154. Because what do we talk about? How stacked 154 is, and we need to see guys doing something. And he's stepping it up because now his brother's not in there no more. So now he can kind of step it up, and he's doing it. Which is why I'm gonna say again, Ed is on the ladder. Get your motherfucking ass moving. These dudes is making moves. You need to make a move. Okay, you went after Jared Hurd, but Jared Hurd was like, no, we ain't trying to have that right now. But Jared Hurd ain't picking no punk fight in Austin Trout either. So, you know, I don't need to see no U.D. motherfucking formers, nigga. I don't need to see that. You need to get your ass moving. I'm sorry. Bye, Google. You said bitch number one, Demetrius Andrade, bitch number two, Jared Hurd. Okay, well, bitch number two said he wasn't going to fight you. So now you need to fight Jared Hurd. We got to change it up. It was bitch number one with her. He right, made okay, sure right, bitch right, number right, two right, was right. that dry. <laughs> right, my bad. You're absolutely right. So bitch number one was like, no, nah, nigga, I got other business. Bitch number two is free. <laughs> He's free. And you need to fight him. And I'm going to say this right here, right now, on this program, like I say on any program. If Edizani Lada fights anybody other than fucking Boo Boo Andrade, I'm going to dog his ass. I'm a I'm a Adonis Stevens this motherfucker. I'm a doggy every oh, chance baby, I get. Oh, he's babysitting that IBO belt. Yes, yes, you are. I'm a dog his ass. Why? Because here I think this is when motherfuckers is making move around you, and you ain't doing nothing to make any kind of move. There's no reason why you can't fight Boo Boo. There's just no reason why you can't fight him now. There's, I see absolutely that's the best fight for you to make right now. There's no reason why. So if you don't fight Demetrius Andrade, I'm dude, I'm a Adonis Stevens this because Adesanya Lott is another one of them dudes. He ain't done nothing since 2014 either. He ain't done nothing in three years. So 
you know, okay, you tried to go for her. Heard them like, no, man. But heard them at least picked a tough opponent in Austin Trout. Like, you 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 can't you can't be like, damn, this that's a fight he could possibly lose because Austin Trout ain't never been nobody's bitch. And then of course you got Lubin fighting uh, Charlo, so you got to get moving. But I like this fight. Anytime you have two, and this is actually a fight. People talk about PBC. This is a fight that if it was top right, it'd get dragged out because these are two young dogs. Okay, this is this could be a fight you can make a year from now or two years from now as rising stars and put them together and make better money. Right, but no, they putting them together right now, and he's he's a Mando that Dane Pan step aside to. He's like, hey man, look, we are gonna make this happen. I love it, man. I love it. I love anytime you get two young lions. I love it. Who's the big dogs in the yard? I love it. And if Lubin wins, I could see a rematch. Like if he wins by decision, and it's a competitive fight, people might want to see the rematch. And and and, and then we had that rematch, and we had we had that rematch, and so we could have some nice fights at 154. It's time for 154 to get popping, man. Real talk. All them guys got the same. All them guys under the same banner, man. It's time for 154 to get popping. And we've already seen them make a move towards that, man. I mean, we had uh, J-Rock and, um, you know, other char- twin Charlo last year, and mm-hmm. we've been seeing other steps towards them, you know, coming together. Uh, this year, I mean, the WBL, WBA needs to do their damn job, though, right now and order that fight. They order every damn thing else. Order the fight that That's everybody true. wants to see at 154, man. I mean, That's it's true. there for you. And you know, um, but we'll go into that in another topic as far as these uh consolidations and shit. Um, Bernard, do you have anything you wanted to add to that one? Because Bo kind of went in on that one. Um, oh, uh, he, he did. He did. Uh, I think this fight is a fifty-fifty fight. You know what? I it's it's kind of now we're looking at this. I was hoping Lupin take on some contenders before going in against Jamel. But, hey, I salute him for doing it. But here's my thing, though, right? And I'm kind of concerned. Could this end with the way Jamel Charlo has stepped up his game in terms of that, that mean streak? Could this turn into what, just like what Jamal did to J-Rock? Mm. That you know what I'm saying? We all say, "Oh, it was a fifty-fifty fight." We don't know who can win. Two, two alpha males, but the real alpha male we know who the whole town was per two K was Jamal, and Jamal showed up, did what he's supposed to do, caught him with the uppercut, laid him down. The question is, can we be seeing a a, a repeat of that? And I want to. Um, Give credit on say something with uh, the herd and um, trout fight, as well as the the Charlo and Lubin fight. With that being on the same card, I'm noticing with TBC, this is the second card that they have thrown the top welterweights on the same card. I think it's a smart move in PBC by doing that. And I will say this: there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of uh, what's the word? A lot of contenders, a lot of stars. Not to say stars, but a lot of good fighters in that division. I want to see fight these the winners, even the losers. Because even if a person, whoever loses, I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing a Trout versus a uh, 
J-Rock or Heard versus a J-Rock, Jamel versus uh, Charlo versus J-Rock or Luka versus J-Rock, all potential heck, Luka versus Heard. All the young guns that can go against each other, man, is a lot of potential fights in that 154 division, and I do agree. Laura has to fight Boo Boo. Ain't no even though Boo Boo got his little business, there's no excuse. WBA stop bullshitting. Y'all can order. Y'all want to order all these fights? I'm with Twine on this. Order that fight between uh, Laura and um, what you call and um, Boo Boo. And um, I'll be the first one to say this. I hope the IBO strips Laura of his gloves. He uh, doesn't fight. IBO can strip him. Nobody care about that guy. Hey man, shout out to the IBO. <laughs> <laughs> I care about that. Yeah. Go ahead and strip him. Throw that shit in the trash like Riddick Bo. <laughs> but no, man. Uh, I mean, you guys see this as a 50 50 fight. I'm going to disagree. Um, of course, Charlo, the more experienced guy, I'm not going to put anything against Lubin. Of course, he's been prospect of the year already. Uh, highly talented. I mean, we, we see he's one of those guys that. Uh, I want. I, w- I wouldn't put him up there with like the, you know, when you when you say the eye test, he's like Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford. He's right under that to me. Uh, um, I've also said before that I think Jermel is actually going to end up being the better Charlo by the time he gets a couple of camps in with uh, Derrick James. Um, mm. Just because of the, just because of the, the diversity in styles, man. Um, you know, I think it was actually Jamal that should have been with Derrick James just because he was the power puncher. Um, so it was surprising when it was actually Jamal that went to Derrick James. But stylistically, man, if he puts, like, once he put, puts it together mentally and he's thinking it, like, I think he's unstoppable, man. He's going to be the better Charlo just because of the diversity of attacks. You know, he learned how to box that similarly from outside with Ronnie Shields, which is what he was known for, you know, primarily prior to this making the switch. So, I mean, I think going in against a guy like uh, Arison Lubin, he has the mental intangibles over the inexperienced Lubin right now. I don't know how he could take Lubin's power yet. We've never seemed to really seen Charlo hurt. Have we seen him go down? I think he might have went down against Marta Rosen. I'm not sure. Um, I think no, that was Boo Boo. That was Boo Boo. Okay, okay. So Charlo's never been down. He got hit with some solid shots in the Hatley fight, leaving himself open. Of course, when you're more aggressive, you're going to leave yourself open. So, I mean, you know, Erickson Lubin does uh, call himself the hammer. Pretty high knockout ratio. Power in both hands. Charlo could be open for something. So, I mean, seeing how he handles that, Lubinson's power. But I, I think, um, I just think that mentally, Charlo, Charlo has us right now. He's going to be able to use his experience to outwit the, the guy. You know, one of my concerns about them taking this fight is that it's too soon. You know, Lubin, Lubin hasn't been in there against anybody with that kind of experience or had a, step, a real step-up fight, in my opinion, at 154 uh, to go against a guy like Charlo. Um, and you don't want to ruin a young fighter, you know, taking an L, you know, depending on how he loses, you know, uh, Bernard mentioned that actually, um, you know, we've seen other 
fighters, uh, David Reed, you know, of course he had won a belt already before, but, you know, pushing these guys too fast and taking the, the, the wrong kind of loss could really derail them and hurt them in the long run. So that that's my concern. Is it going to be something like that? Is he going to take that kind of a loss? You know, if it's a close competitive fight, it's only going to make him better. So nothing nothing's wrong with that. But, you know, if it's a complete one-sided druggery or something where he's knocked out or it looks very bad, you know, you don't want to damage a young fighter. So, I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see for this actual announcement. But, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Bernard as well as far as them putting these uh, one to be four fighters on the same cards. We could actually see, uh, you know, some potential unifications, you know, uh, the winner of her versus Charles going against the winner of Charlo versus Lubin or something like that. So this is a perfect setup hmm. card if they're going to do something like that, you know. <clears throat> but I guess we uh going to our next topic, man. Um, you guys got anything you want to add in? Um, we went in and talked about uh Andrade on Andrade on that as well. So I'm glad we got some mention of him and um Eris Landy Lara. You know, we talked about the a lot of that division. Up in the prize in Division 154, a lot of talent there. Well, like I said, yeah, I think I spoke on it earlier about how Heyman is really showcasing that division. I've noticed that, that he's really just, yo, I'm just going to throw a card. That's about 154 pounders on there. So I think, it's again, it's a, it's a deep division. It's a division that we could see a lot of, that we'll probably be seeing, we'll still be watching in the future. Because there's, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a couple of welterweights. Yeah, the 147 guys are definitely yeah. going to go up there eventually. Go, so go up there eventually, yeah. Fight. So, yeah, that's something I say anybody y'all need to, need to uh, look into. So, yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to go into our next topic, man. Um, I thought this was a pretty interesting one. It's probably not one of the bigger highlights or pieces of news. But, I mean, I find it pretty interesting considering, you know, some of the stuff that's going on with their promotional banner recently. Um, it looks like Curtis Stevens parted ways with the Kathy Duba main event's promotions um, over the past <laughs> week. Um, I mean, the reason why I thought it was interesting just because of what kind of implications it has on the rest of their their small roster as it is. And, you know, we had the whole Kovalev. Con, uh, contract debacle. So I mean, what what do you guys make of this move? And what do you guys see from main events and Curtis Stevens moving forward um, from their from their roster in general? Like, is this going to have an impact on them? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to have an impact on them. the the impact. I'm really kind of concerned about, and I think I've stated this in I want to say in Eastwick. There was an article that Sergey Kovalev's first opponent back may be Sullivan Barrera. Uh, that's more of a concern I, I would rather speak on. I don't know if you, you want me to speak on that, but I stay on topic. I digress. We keep that on the side, though. What yeah, you can throw, yeah, you can throw that in there after. I mean, as long as you address the topic, and if you want to throw that in as a sidebar, go ahead, man. Okay. I, I'm interested in hearing I mean, Curtis Stevenson got knocked out by David Lanier. Put to sleep. Carried out on the stretcher. I mean, 
that's not really care to do with fault. She just got you to fight against a, a Golden Boy fighter, David Amuse. You talked all that, y'all talked all that stuff. We knew it was going to be a, a straight slug fest. It sure wasn't going to last long, and sure enough, David Lemieux won. Credit that you are okay from the knockout. But at this point in time, can Curtis Stevenson in his career make an impact? Let's be, at this point, he's a journeyman. He doesn't, I mean, 2K could break. He's a, a C-level fighter at best. He has no upside in terms of being with Cassidy or even his career at this point in time. All he's going to do is win the regional or under uh, underbelt if he stays stays fighting, and then he's going to be step. He's going to be a a journeyman or yeah, a journeyman for other fighters up and coming to test their skills against him. Watch. He's so one dimensional. He goes in there to slug. Now. I'm going to piggyback on uh, what I just spoke a little about earlier that the Kathy Duva and Sergey Kovalev and Barrera. Apparently, she wants to have Kovalev fight Barrera and his first fight back. I guess you see it's a cash cow thing. Let's be honest. Um, Kovalev is her cash cow. Sullivan Barrera is coming up. He's making... I don't want to say he's coming. He's came back since that loss against Andre Ward, and he's making uh, he's making a name for himself in a lightweight division. This is kind of a fight. If the fight is does happen, I would definitely want to see what's going to happen from this point because is Kovalev broken by Andre Ward? And I'm this is the reason why I say this. Virgil Hunter has said this himself. Anybody that has fought Andre Ward has never been the same after being knocked out by him. And the first example is Chad Dawson. He hasn't been the same since he fought Andre Ward. We ain't talking about Andre Ward. He hasn't been the same because eventually he got knocked out in his next fight. And since then, went on, his career went downhill from there. I don't think Sullivan Herrera is a good fight for Kovalev to come back to get his confidence in. With the way Barrera has been on his high streak, I will kind of hold that fight off as long as he possibly could. But if you do think that Kovalev has is nothing left in Kovalev's tank, I'm thinking Kathy Duva, and you want to throw him in there with Sullivan Barrera, it can come out two ways. Kovalev will have something to prove, just as Barrera, because hey, Barrera wants his get back against Ward, and I salute him for that. Mm-hmm. But Kovalev has made all these excuses. So if she's kind of tired, like, you know what? I'm tired of your excuses. I'm tired of this and that. You know, even though she's part of it, she's thinking, got to think about, hey, this is her business. This is her promotion company, main event. My cash fighter just lost. I'm looking at Sullivan Marrero. Okay, he lost against War too. He got knocked down, but it was a flash knockdown. And he, since then, he's been on the road. He got rid of his trainer, started working down the uh, in Miami, in Florida, and look what happened. He's totally improved. He broke Joe Smith's jaw. He's doing all these things and making an impact. Now, it's like, hmm, Kovalev on the, on the downhill? He's old. He's, how old is Kovalev? Like 34, right? 33, 34? Yeah, 34. Yeah, he's not he's not that disciplined. There's a lot of things we, we heard about Kovalev and how he handled his camp and this and that. He's not making choices. Okay. 
And you look at Sullivan Run, how old is Sullivan? Like, what, 27, 28? Nah, Sullivan's up there, too. He's like 32. Oh, Sullivan. Okay. She may be throwing some, maybe throwing cold up to the wall. But it could be backfired too. I don't want to see the fight. I want to see the fight, but I don't want to see the fight. Let Kovalev get a tune-up and get a couple other fights, like, you know what I'm saying, and it's, and it's what you call, and then let's see where it goes from there. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and pass it on to Bo. Uh, man, what does this mean for Curtis Stevens? Um, what does this mean for main events roster? Because, I mean, you know, you got him. He's one of their higher-profile signings, leaving. Then you got Kovalev, who just pretty much fought in one of the biggest fights of the year, and essentially for free. Um, I mean, if you're, what does this mean for their roster, the future of main events? If you're, you're a boxer looking at this, if you're a fighter on their roster seeing these things happen, I mean, what are you thinking? That's what I really want to get from you guys on this one. Uh, but let me get your thoughts on that, man. What am I thinking? I'm thinking, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Why the fuck am I doing this to myself? Um, okay, Willie Monroe isn't a great asset to lose. Notice she ain't even made a statement about it and nothing like that. So, And, and it is. It, it also also makes me look at it like, you know, since she hasn't made a statement about it, it kind of makes me feel like, okay, she probably didn't value him that much in the first goddamn place. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? She probably didn't, you know, probably like, fuck it, you think you are. So she probably didn't value Willie Monroe in, 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 the, uh, in the first place. So we have to take that into, uh, into consideration. Um. Uh, but moving forward to Willie Monroe, I'm Curtis Stevens. Go ahead. No, Curtis Stevens. That's who we were talking I'm sorry. about. Curtis Stevens. Uh, but moving forward with Curtis Stevens, I'll be honest with you, man. Like you said, he got knocked the fuck out by David Lemieux. I was never impressed with him. I knew he'd get knocked out in this fight. Uh, he's not, uh, uh, um, you know. Somebody that if I have a stable, I'm looking to make man investment in, especially when I have a limited stable like she do. She just had her main showcase fighter take a L in Sergey Kovalev, right? So with all that being said, because really, and 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 if we saying that Kovalev is her her main cash cow, uh, that can also be questioned too because. They they, <laughs> they have they have not been doing so motherfucking well. I, you know, I mean, if we keeping it a hundred here, they have not been doing so motherfucking well, right? Where was so, the cash at? Yeah, right. Where was the cash at? You know, so there's a lot, man, that you look at here, and you just have to really ask yourself, what the fuck is really going on? And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, what the fuck is really going on? Because I'll say this again, man. 
anytime you have a promoter that right after your fight, all right, you find out a number one, your check is going to count is 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 going to be dependent upon uh, what uh, what uh, you know what what happened in the pay per view numbers when we know that man this year ain't going to sell like that, okay? When, so when you you so you have that happen, then you turn around and you take into consideration that I just took a loss, so. I'm not a top seller or a big seller. How do I make money off this guy now? See, so there's a lot of things, man. She got to add to herself. And if, if, if you know, losing Curtis Stevens don't hurt, but it don't help either. I, I mean, yeah, okay, does it hurt her? No. Does it help her? No. It doesn't even help her either losing fucking Curtis Stevens. So, man, if, 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 if I had to make a guess, then I'm I'm just going to go with um, – I'm not going to say it's bad for, but it's not inspiring that you are still losing fighters at, at a struggling rate like this. And that's that's all I can say, okay? I mean, do I feel sympathy for? Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. That's all the shit. <laughs> Did y'all talked about Andre Ward and all that shit? Oh, no, fuck no. I don't have no sympathy for your ass. You know, I don't. Now, I wouldn't want this on my worst enemy either, but I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like I got sympathy. I ain't got no sympathy for you because you knew what you, you know, like you knew what you was getting into. All right? I don't want to see her go under because everybody should be able to make money. But at the same time, it's like you're not doing anything. Like, if, if, if think about this. Are we really shocked that he's leaving because uh, he might have just sat there and saw that shit that happened to Coppola and said, man, that shit ain't going to happen to me. I ain't getting paid that much any motherfucking way. No. You know, so it's it's definitely not inspiring. I definitely think this is a um, – I think it actually hurts main events, man. Um when you look at their landscape specifically, they do everything on HBO. So this is one less person they could actually have our market in a fight on HBO. You know, losing Curtis Steven, who has a name for a fighting guy like Gennady Golovkin. You know, he's trained by John David Jackson. Um, you know, he's fought a, a list of who's who at 160, you know, so he's well known, even though he's uh, somewhat of a journeyman, like Bernard was saying, but he's still a name that you could throw out there on the card, you know, and people will be like, okay, I'll tune in, you know, just to see if he got something left. You know, you got to think who he lost to. This is David Lemieux, motherfucking KO artist. So I'm like, there's nothing bad in losing. You know, he was, uh, I thought he had lost his fight prior to that, you know, in the gift. He got a gift in that fight. So, I mean, I agree with some of the sentiments. As far as he's never really been that much, never thought never thought much of him, and it hasn't panned out. But I think it hurts because, you know, you come to HBO now wanting to put a card together, that's one less name that you could deal with. I mean, you look at their roster right now, you got uh, Kovalev, Shabransky, Barrera, and those are like their their main names, man. Um, oh, and of course you got uh, what's her name, Devin Alexander's brother, who's also under her stable right now. Um, 
But outside of that, there's like really no bangable names or anybody that you know. Um, you know, there's pretty much a lot of guys still building up their name. You know, she has what we would be considering, uh, I guess, ESPN fighters right now, you know, on the verge of uh, breaking out. Um, she's had some talented names on the roster. She just, she she doesn't have that Bob Arrow magic of being able to build fighters, even though she's t- uh, signed some, some pretty good ones. She just doesn't know how to build them all the time. Um, I think Barrera and Shabransky are anomalies because of the division they were in at the time. And, you know, we're seeing the, the 175 division actually starting to do some other things right now, you know. Um, I think that's one of the reasons we're hearing her talking about making a, a Barrera versus a Kovalev match, you know. Um, I think that's her way of doing the in-house shit. Um, I don't can think that's... Can we be honest in that, man? Can we be honest, dog? What's the only reason why Kathy Duva is even a mention in boxing, man? Let's just be honest, man. Her father. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, honestly, I think that's the route she's trying to do with this Kovalev-Burr match is just trying to do something in-house because it's definitely not the the most viable decision for... Barrera, you know, who just won his WBC silverweight silver uh, title off of Joe Smith, you know, that's not in his best best interest to fight a Kovalev when, you know, he's trying to fight for the actual WC, WBC belt against Adonis Stevenson. So going against a Kovalev, nah, that that mm-mm. I definitely don't think that's in his best interest, but that's Duva trying to control the in-house name. And you know, uh, keep the keep the other WBC tournament stuff from happening. You know, I think I mentioned it on one of our previous shows. Sean Manahan versus Marcus Brown was an eliminator, and uh, Sullivan Barrera versus Joe Smith was one of the other eliminators. And I think um, Gavasek is in fighting in the, uh, one of the eliminators as well coming up on ESPN. <clears throat> so I think that's just her trying to throw a monkey wrench in that. And be in control of some, you know, have some say so or what goes on. Um, so I don't really expect that to even really be a viable option come later this year. I don't think Barrera's team would take that fight knowing they have a potential fight against Adonis Stevenson coming. So, um or they a fight might. that they lobby they for. You still got you still gotta remember that the Donna Stevens fight isn't guaranteed only because of this. Uh, if it, if 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 uh, Adonis didn't want that fight to take place in Canada, Barrera passed Barrera visa won't don't don't allow him to go to Canada. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay. Hmm. So it's interesting, right there. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely some money from H. I think I could definitely see some money from HBO for Barrera and um, Kovalev fight on actual HBO. I mean, it wouldn't be a pay per view, so I could actually see them spending. Emperor getting a nice payday for that one. I just don't know what it does for his actual title hopes. That's why I would be against it if I was his team personally. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out, man. <clears throat> Let me see. Uh, anything else you guys want to add on as far as uh, – I didn't really say what happens to Curtis Stevens. I think uh, Bernard had hit it on the nail. He's just going to continue to be a journeyman gatekeeper. Right now, um, I, don't I mean, know what promoters are actually going to jump 
be jumping towards him. Honestly, that's what I'm more concerned about. Like, I don't know who's going to be actually jumping to, to bring him in, you know. Right. You're not going to hear Yeah, He had his – I hate to say he's – I mean, what do you see? Do, you, do I see him, I hate to say it, being signed by uh, Heyman and having him go against fighters on a hundred on a hundred sixty pounds being um, a stepping stone to see if they could they could go against him. I mean Heyman can do that. I hate to say it. I mean he may go to Golden Boy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, let's be honest. Curtis Stevenson is a. I'm not when I say make this statement. Don't is a name that we have heard. We know he likes to slug. He he's a slugger. He's a Something the character feels okay. If I know I see him in this fight, it's gonna be fist. Uh, it's gonna be some fisticuffs. So you may he may get signed by like, possibly like older boy and say, hey, yeah, Curtis Stevenson gonna be on the card. Oh, I know Curtis Stevenson loves. He, he goes in there. Doesn't matter to knock cats out. So yeah, he's definitely a good fighter to, to have on these ESPN cards and shit like that right now. So, I mean, if Top Rank or Golden Boy picked him up, he'd definitely be a solid addition just for for those kind of television uh, fights. Um, I don't know what kind of big value he brings right now. Um, but it was there. You know, I think he could have done some HBO stuff still, considering he lost to a big name like David Lemieux, who's ultimately one of the, the better middleweights, you know, right now in the division. So, I mean, I don't think that's anything necessarily wrong with that loss. You know, um, it probably no. was getting knocked the fuck out the way he did, but mm-hmm. outside of that, you know, it was David Lemieux. So, yeah, we go, we'll go ahead and go into our next topic. We got a couple of good ones coming up, man. Um, Willie Monroe versus Billy Joe Saunders for the WBA, WBO middleweight title. Um, I'm actually uh, surprised that Billy Ho, this is a... a a tough selected opponent for him, man, and we've gotten used to him. Get the fuck out of here! How you do this? Are you kidding me? This is a good. That's a good ass selected selected fight for uh, Saunders. I, I wouldn't expect him to pick a, a Willie Monroe, considering his previous track record. That is, this is a solid solid selection. Um, <laughs> It's the same Billy Hill Saunders that they want to fight one of Willie, Willie Monroe's opponents and Gabe Rosado. So what that tell you, you know, now he wants to, you know, I'll speak on it on the fuckery of, of the award. I'm not want to go through soon, so. All right. Well, go ahead, uh, Bo. Bo seems to be opposed to this, this matchup. I think it's a solid matchup considering Billy Hill hasn't necessarily wanted to, uh, being there against top-notch competition while holding on to the belt the last year. Um, you know, this was this he had his mandatory get canceled against um Kershitsi, and this is actually a voluntary defense for him, I believe. So for him to be taking on Monroe as a voluntary defense, this is a pretty good I think this is a good fight for him. Um, go ahead, Bo. No, it ain't a good fight for him when you got a guy by the name of Daniel Jacobs that was calling your motherfucking name. And then you're going to fight Willie Monroe, who's not known as a dude to be dangerous to the point where he'll knock you out or something like that. I don't even know if he can outwork this guy, okay? But this is definitely, a, 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 if you want to say, given his other recent 
opponent, this is a step up. Okay, I, I, I will try to entertain that, even though it still sounds kind of ludicrous to me. But the bottom line is, you could have been fighting motherfucking Daniel fucking Jacobs, and that would have impressed us. No, you didn't. Per se, she stepped out. We understand that. All right? But instead of a guy is calling your fucking name, a guy is pretty much telling, pretty much pulling your fucking whole card, and you give me, you give me Willie motherfucking Monroe. Not to take nothing away from him, but Willie Monroe ain't dangerous. Willie Monroe ain't no, I mean, what's the fucking odds on Willie Monroe beating him, knocking him out, opposing the threat? You know, I don't see it at all, period. Now, Daniel Jacobs poses a threat. Daniel Jacobs fucking dangerous. Daniel Jacobs also coming off of a loss. So why the fuck are you looking at Willie motherfucking Monroe? I have no idea. But, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's better than his previous opponent. I, that I will definitely give you. But I'm still just not happy with it because this is not what we need to be seeing out of him. And if you're telling me Willie Monroe is a step up for him, then why the fuck is he a WBO goddamn champion then? WBO champ, you shouldn't be having step-up fights as a fucking champion. You should be having championship-type quality fights. So, I mean, skill for skill, Willie Monroe is better than Chris Eubank Jr. That's just my honest opinion. Willie Monroe can fight his ass off. He ain't got no power, but that motherfucker could box his ass off. Like, yeah, I, I can't take but that But there's away. no threat to him, though. That's my only thing is that there's no threat. Of, Not to of, knock him of, out, but he can certainly outbox Billy Billy Joe Saunders. Like, he's capable. Of, this is certainly a fight he's capable of outboxing Billy Joe Saunders in. So that's why I say it was definitely a good fight. I don't think he poses a threat as far as knocking him down, but that's not that's not Willie Monroe's game. You know, we know he's kind of on the southern fisted side, but he can box his ass off. Um, Bernard, you haven't really said anything. You said you wanted to say it for the fuckery uh, of the week, or did you have anything you want to, well, to chime I, in while we were chopping it up on it? Let me. I, I'll speak on Willie Monroe. I he uh quit against Golovkin. Well, I mean, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he did quit. He he made the right choice because it was either that or he was going to continue to get, get it knocked out because he wasn't, Golovkin wasn't taking, he was taking your punches and it didn't really matter because he really was like, hey, you couldn't, you can't hurt me. Um, So he made the right choice in that because, and that, can, well, you know what? Let me say this. He should have, he should, I don't, I just say that, it's going to sound kind of spooky when I say that. But maybe he should have went out on his shield, it, to as much to the point like you know what, or, or told his corner, throw the towel in. Now I digress on that part. But Willie Willie Monroe is a good fighter. I will hope that wherever this fight is, at, most likely gonna be in the um, UK, that Willie could pull off the upset and take that WBO belt off of Billy Ho and just give it to him because I'm pretty sure. Once Willie would do that, he'll be a fighting champion, unlike Saunders. Now, I don't think Monroe is going to face the winner of um, if Golovkin wins against Canelo in September. I don't think Monroe is going to take that route. I don't think he'll just fight WBO opponents. Most likely, uh, who's the next one in line? Maybe uh, whoever the WBO is. You know what I'm saying? But We'll see. Uh, I'm just like, uh, this is actually a good fight on paper to me. Um, like, uh, I like this fight, um, considering 
Billy Ho's track record previously um, in, in recent, I guess, since holding the belt. This is probably his best fight, you know what I'm saying, uh, that could have been there other than Kershizi, which was his mandatory. Um, it's looking like as far as uh, other people in that WBO ranking list, David Lemieux was uh, up there. So I'm not sure if that was uh, one of the possibilities. Willie Monroe is actually ranked, ranked ahead of Daniel Jacobs by the WBO. So, I mean, if you're going according to the system, I mean, Willie Monroe is ranked higher, and this ain't necessarily – I don't think this is a mandatory defense. I'm not sure. I'm going to double-check on that one. Um, I think this is just a voluntary defense. So, like I said, this is a solid voluntary defense for, for Billy Joe, considering his last couple of fights. Um, Surprisingly, is voluntary. Because <laughs> if that was the case, he would not be defending that belt. He'll be fighting once a year, like he did, and he'll be waiting, like what he fought at the end of uh, last year in December. Yeah, he'll probably try to. He would try to pull that shit again. Look, <laughs> he was trying to pull that shit again after after uh, Kersey had that uh, that caught up and got indicted. He was like, "Thank you, God." Okay. <laughs> then he said, "You know what? You know I gotta fight somebody because Canelo and Golovkin. So I want to make myself look good so I can get so I can get the winner of Triple G and Canelo." Yeah, okay. You talked all that shit, and you were sitting all the way back at the press conference by the door. Yeah, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yo. So we're gonna go into our next one. Um, and shout-out to our boy Chris Henderson, man. Um, he actually was the first to mention this a, a while back, um, that there was even some talks going on. But this is the first that I've really seen seen it publicly put out there as far as a date for it. Um, looking like Badu Jack and Nathan Cleverly will be battling on uh, August 26th. Um, Badu Jack is uh, vying to put himself in position. Uh I guess they'll be fighting for what the w, cleverly is the WBO regular belt holder at a uh, 175 yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so he's trying to position himself to to fight Andre Ward. Uh, basically, uh, that's what we're seeing from Badu Jack. He wants to have money if uh, if it's there. Um, man, let me get you guys' initial thoughts on this fight. Um, Badu's not wasting any time. At 175, he's going after a champion, although it's a, a, a major belt. Um, let me get you guys' thoughts on this fight, uh, starting off with Bo. I actually like this fight. Um, hmm. it's, I, I, I can't say I can't say it's a uh, it's an easy fight. Because they can think about Nathan Cleverly is he he's a high output type of fighter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bondi Jack is more of a conservative fighter. He comes on later in the second half, but he he's also well conditioned that uh, guy. So I like this. He's going. He's leaving the the division and going for another title. Can't be mad at him. And the title he getting would make him a a <clears throat> he would be the regular champion. So he would be in line to fight Andre Ward if Andre Ward. Uh, is looking for something that people would want to see. Because right now, and I say this, it's sad that uh, nobody, that's a whole other topic, but it is sad that nobody is pushing or clamoring for Andre Ward to become undisputed at 175. And that's that's a whole other topic, a whole other reason why. But uh, I personally would like to see it. I think he should. 
But, uh, yeah, I like what Bondi Jack is doing. He's going there, and he's, he, he's like, look, I know I can make this fight with Nathan Cleverly, snatch this WBA belt. And who knows, maybe Cleverly with that WBA can possibly even challenge Adonis Stevenson and, you know, for some type of a unification uh, uh, since they both have Al in that position, you know, Adonis for something. So I like it. I think it's a good move. Uh, it's a fight that he can win because although Cleverly is a guy who has put that a lot of hype, uh, a lot of high output, Bondi Jack is probably the better, the harder puncher of the two. That's one thing he is. He is a hard puncher. So I, I definitely like it. 175 is cracking. And, I mean, you can't be mad at this. All right, Bernard? I like the fight. I'm, but like I said, uh, like Bo is speaking, excuse me, well, I'm picking back on Bo. He said uh, Nathan cleverly has high output. That could play a very role if they do fight when it comes to the judges. So we saw how that played out in his his last few fights with Bottle Jack. He has that high guard. When he gets hit and another fighter is hitting him, yeah, the punches don't look like they're hitting him. You can see it on television. Sometimes they're just hitting his arm. But to the judges, it's like, oh, that's going to play a very role, so a very um, pivotal role in this bout when it happens. Definitely 2K uh, is the expert. He could break it down fully, what I'm saying. But what I'm basically saying is just to give it a gist for those that double double down for some of y'all. Jack is going to have to come in there, and even though he's very disciplined in how he fights, very um, technical. He's going. That he's going to have to increase his output against a guy like Nathan Cleverly. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have to. He's going to have to box smart. I, I, I like the fight. I think it's a smart fight. Yeah, you want to get to Andre Ward, go to Cleverly, and hopefully that WBA pushes the WBA pushes for to consolidate that lightweight belt. Very smart move. Um, Twan, did they say when they going to have that fight? Uh, August 26th is looking like the, the date is, is they're leaning towards August 26th. Okay, is that fight going to be on the undercard of the fight we don't want, we're not going to talk about or mention on this uh, show. So I think that's a good thing. That's some great exposure. I've seen Nathan cleverly fall when he falls on fair. He could throw a lot of over a thousand punches in the fight. I'm clearly and I'm but can Badu Jack match that? But if he can't match it, can he nullify that? Not by that hard guard, by countering and imposing his will by attacking um, cleverly at the body, in and out movement. Don't let cleverly get off on him and tee off on him and have his way. Well, I think he just answered it already. That's one of the things that the uh, D Jack is very effective at is his body work. I mean. Uh, his efficiency, he's by far one of the more efficient fighters right now in the game as far as when it comes to what he puts out there and it actually connecting, he's up there um, because he has such a high output to the body. That's another one of the reasons why it's probably he has a high efficiency because he focuses so much on the body. So I actually see him breaking cleverly down over the fight um, and slowing him down. Um, I see him being close keeping it close mm-hmm. as far as uh, 
keeping Cleverly from uh, being on the outside and popping his jab. That's pretty much what Cleverly likes to do for his high output. He's not going to do it in close quarters. You know, he does it and dances around, tries to uh, move on you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, Badu Jack, he's essentially going to have to do what he did against James DeGill, who's also a mover. Probably uses more lateral, lateral movement than uh, Nathan Cleverly. So, I mean, in that match, it was the body work that ended up breaking him down over the fight, and he was able to catch him later on. Um, we've seen uh, Kovala get to him. So, I mean, a lot of it is basically footwork against Cleverly, being able to cut off the ring. Um, that's one of the things that Kovala was able to do to overwhelm him. You know, he just attacked his ass. So, I mean, Badu is going to have to need need a little bit more output, but I think it's going to be based off of his footwork and staying in close quarters as opposed to following him. He needs to cut off the ring like he did against the Gale and attack that body when he's in close quarters. But definitely a good fight. I like this move for Badu Jack in his first fight at 175. Put yourself in position for the, for the, uh, for the top gun as they consider at 175 right now. And Andre Ward, so um, definitely be looking forward to this one. And I guess uh, I didn't pay attention to the date like that, but I guess it is going to be on that undercard. Uh, man, at least there'll be I some real boxing on it. Yeah, at least there's yeah. some real boxing on the card, so we could be happy yeah. about that. Um, I guess we're gonna go into the UOEO segment of the week. Uh, trying to do things a little bit of different order. Um, on this day, and what year was it? Shit. Well, anyways, I'll get back to you guys on the year, but on this day, <laughs> I ain't seen something. Yeah, I'll do what I know. <laughs> but now on this day in 19-something, um, Mike McCallum won a, uh, his 175 title um, on the undercard of the Virgil Hill fight in Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, he won his butt against Jeff Harding in a 12-round decision, uh, winning the WBC light heavyweight title. Shout out to the body snatcher, um, man, definitely uh one of the greatest, one of my favorite fighters ever. Um, I got him in my top three at 154, like in history. He's like one of my top 354 pounders. Um, and it ain't just because he's Caribbean. So shut up, Bo. <laughs> nah, but um, now nah, big up uh, body snatcher. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I mean, you, I don't know if you guys, how you guys feel about him as far as uh, the big four, none of them fighting them. Man, don't get that, me started that, on that. Don't yeah, get me started that, on that. That, that is powerful. That is powerful in itself when you think about yes, it. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, yes. Mike McCallum was that dude. So, do your history. Check him out. He uh, didn't get a lot of the big, big money fights and big fights until later in his career. Um, but he still made the most of his career, winning titles and shit. What I think four or five divisions. Well, one fifty four, one sixty, one sixty. Yeah, so four divisions. Yeah, four divisions, man. So I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of fights you can watch him when he fought Donald Curry. You can watch when he fought Columbia. I mean, yeah, he, so, yeah, he just, he just yeah. he could get into that mix with them big four because they were they were trying to. This is what we talk about the business. They were trying to fight each other because it was money amongst fighting each other. 
he couldn't. He just couldn't crack that, and he he tried. But yeah, I, I'm. Don't even get me started on that right there, man. All right. Um. So yeah, I guess we're gonna start off with um. We will go into our um our breakdowns for this weekend as far as fights. Man, this is a fight that I didn't even know was coming up um, until I checked it, you know, this morning. Um, Carl Frampton is fighting in a title eliminator, uh, like Gary Russell Jr. Um, next week. Um, he'll be fighting um, Andres Gutierrez over in uh, Scotland, I believe. Um, I don't know much about Gutierrez, but... Man, let's just talk about the the implications of this fight. Him winning and him possibly uh, fighting in a match against Gary Russell Jr. Do you guys see that coming to fruition, or is it him positioning for something else? Um, I'll start out with Nard. I thought. Let me say this, and I uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Frampton was moving to 130. So did I. This fight is a. Uh, I was that, now, I'm surprised. Yeah, I, wow. Uh, I'm actually surprised at that. I was expecting. Well, I'm just gonna say this. I know he wants his rematch against Cruz, and he wants to have it in Belfast. He wants Cruz to honor that. Well, fine. Then you can't if you don't want to do that. Fine. it. I'll I'll go through another route to get you to fight me. What another route you do that is you go fight for another title. And hopefully, propose a unification bout. That way, you have leverage on bringing that fight to Belfast. And that's I'm thinking on, on in terms of business. Uh, terms sorry about that. I said Scotland is. I meant Belfast. Sorry about that, Joe. All right, go ahead, Bernard. So he's trying to make. He's trying to go another route for a title, which I think is a smart move. But you got to understand. Here's a problem: Gary Russell, hand speed, power. I will. I'll put like this: this year in boxing, even if it's not the fight, not we got the fight, the fight. Um, excuse me, the fighters, the best fighters fighting the best fighter in the division. If it's not that, this year is also setting up a potential fight for either later on this year or next year. So I can't complain. I think it's a great move, a very great move, call for It's it's. I'll put like this. If he wins his time a title eliminator, and then he'll—I I believe it when I see it because of how Frampton ducked Rigo. I'm not saying he's gonna duck Russell, but I'm pretty sure that when he sees uh, how Gary Russell fights, that hand speed and that power is coming to his coming to his uh, head because he can't go in there and try to pull some shit off like he did against um, Cruz. Where he decided to brawl, that may play in to Russell's hand. He's going to have to box Russell. Yeah. All right. Um. Let me pass it on the boat, man. Um. Like I said, I don't know much about this Gutierrez guy that Frampton is facing. I just know that it's for WBC, by the way, title eliminator, putting him in line to fight Gary Russell. Um. And that that that's got me am just thinking about that possibility. So let me get your thoughts on the boat. Um. I like I, I like the possibility of it. I would like to possibly more if it was that damn Lee Shelby, because Gary Russell had been wanting a piece of that ass for a minute. Uh, Shelby, suppose I don't know, has he fought Barrios already? Yeah, he fought Barrios last week. 
And uh, okay, so right, all right, so um, but I I can't be mad at this if this is the route he want to take and this is what he's trying to do. I can't be mad at this. He's trying to go that route. I just think it's dangerous for for him because uh, I don't see him beating Gary Russell. I think Gary, like like my partner said, the hand speed, the power, everything like that. I don't see him beating Gary Russell. But um, I mean, hey, if you think he could do that to force this fight with Leo Santa Cruz, then okay, go ahead because Leo Santa Cruz is about to fight Abner Mares again, and that's a unification match if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a unification match. So, uh, you know, more props consolidation. To well, well, consolidation, right? So more props to them. They're getting it popping. But um, oh man, uh, it, it, I, I'm just curious if he wins, does he actually go and fight? Yeah, Gary Russell. Exactly. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Like, will he fight Gary Russell, or will he try to? Try to, well, Gary, you want to fight? Come over here to Belfast and Gary, like, man, kiss my black ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't know, man. A lot of a, a lot of things, but I like the move though. Yeah, um, like I said, I, I'm excited about it just on the strength of it's a possibility. When you know, none of these guys have necessarily wanted to, to to see that fade yet with Russell when they had belts. Um, now that they, you know, Frampton doesn't have a belt, he doesn't necessarily have to go after Russell now. So, I mean, I'm kind of wondering what what the, the the big deal or the issue behind him going this route is. I don't see him going after Russell. I honestly see him trying to take the Selby fight prior. You know, that that's going to be his priority, even if he wins this and wins this eliminator as a Lee Selby matchup over there in uh, the UK or, you know, wherever they do it. Um, yeah, I definitely don't see him stepping foot in the ring with uh, Gary Russell ever. There, There's not too many people that want to see that, that, that fade at 126 right now. You know, they talk it, but they damn sure don't walk it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I'll be paying attention to the fight. Good luck to Frampton. Um, but like I said, I think this is just really a setup for him and Lee Selby. Honestly, that's the biggest fight that can be made for either one of them. Most money. Well, and like still to money state. When you work. Yeah. All right. Um, so that leads us to our next card that's taking a uh, place next week in New York at the Barclays, uh, the big A.B. Mikey Garcia card. Um, so I guess we'll do some breakdowns of the of the fights on that undercard as well. Um, first off, we'll start off with uh, Gerald Big Baby Miller taking on Gerald Washington. Um, let me get your thoughts on that one, fellas, and the prediction. I'll start off with you, Bernard. Wow, this is a fight. Yeah. It's a it's a good test for uh, big baby um, big baby uh, Miller. You saw how uh, Joe Washington did did decent against Deontay Wilder with that jab until Deontay Wilder caught him with that right hand. Uh, first first I would like to see how Joe Washington comes into this bout. Looking at him, to, is he is that going to be in his mind about getting knocked out or? Is he gonna to try to come in here and make a, a statement? 
on my concern with Big Baby Miller, you're dealing with a taller fighter the height that has a height advantage as well as the reach advantage. How are you going to come in and fight him? Are you going to go fight him? You definitely got to fight him on the inside. Can you get on the inside? And plus, too, um, how is your conditioning to withstand if this fight goes 12 rounds? And also, your conditioning because you're going to be constantly trying to fight your way to get in the inside. Can you do it? That's going to be a you need to be conditioned for that. So, with that being said, and everything is with that with the fight, I'm looking and my pick for this fight is going to be Gerald Washington. I'm going to say uh, late round stoppage. I'm going for like anything nine ninth and pass. He Miller gets stopped. All right, uh, Bo. Joe uh, Washington, Big Baby Miller. We talked about this before, and I, I said it then. I say it now. I've never been impressed by Big Baby Miller. I think he's he, he's uh, he's not one of the tallest heavyweights. He's three hundred some plus pounds. And let's keep one thing in mind too: Joe Washington's team is concerned about the fact of a failed uh, steroid test that Big Baby Miller uh, once had against him. So. Uh, this is a fight that Gerald Miller's, I mean, Gerald Washington should win because we saw the skills that he has, which is pumping that jab. He is the taller man. All he has to do is fight like the taller man. Now, Big Baby Miller requires you to get up against the rope so he can pound away on you. And Big Baby Miller can punch. Whether we like it or not, Big Baby can punch. But Gerald Miller should be able to win this fight, and if he gets into the later round, Big Baby Miller, you know, that 300 pounds carrying around, being hit on, can maybe gas out a little bit. Yeah. I have never I have never been, no, I don't think I ever probably will be impressed with Big Baby Miller. I just think he's a guy who is just big, lifted weights, got in, got in decent enough shape, got good pop, talk a fucking lot, and Pretty much is a blundering fucking idiot in that ring, in my opinion. And that might be me being harsh, but it is what it is. He's a blundering fucking idiot. And I've seen no skill set from this motherfucker at all, period. Even when he's just sparring, I've seen no skill set from him. So this is a good fight for Joe Miller. It should be an easy one for him. But if he gets caught up against the ropes and lets himself get caught up against the ropes, then... I can see him. Uh, I can see Baby Miller winning this fight as well. Because one thing about Gerald, we know if you hit him, uh, he takes a good punch. But if you have a good enough punch, you hit him hard. You know, he gets a little wobbly later. So this fight, um, but I think Gerald Washington wins this fight. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. The longer he goes, the more in favor it is of Gerald Washington. Um, he's actually had some stamina issues in the past, uh, but after going the distance in his uh, most recent fights, uh, except for, you know, getting knocked out by uh, Deontay Wilder in the fight that he was actually controlling, um, I think he's kind of got his stamina issues under control. Um, definitely the key to this fight for him will be the jab. Um as Bernard was saying, but it has to be a strong one. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, 
Like, I think it needs to be even better than it was against Deontay Wilder, considering Big Baby is a pressure fighter who's going to try and pressure him, get him against the ropes, and rough him up, you know. Um, He's going to look to attack in spurts. So that's why I say the jab has to be even more impressive in this one. I mean, it has to be stiff, and he has to move with it at the same time, because those are the things that, will offset Big Baby, who needs to, you know, set his feet to, to let his bombs go, even though he uh, tries to bully his attack in. So, I mean, if you could keep him moving and having a reset and keeping your jab and holding your distance, I mean, it should be an easy night for you. Um, I mean, Deontay was able to, to give him concussion and sparring based off of the, just off the jab, so... I mean, it's definitely a tool that's useful against a shorter fighter. And if you keep him moving all night, you know, of course, it's going to wear on them later rounds with his big body. So um, I expect Gerald Washington to win by uh, unanimous decision. But I wouldn't be surprised if Big Big Baby Miller got a late knockout in this as well, was able to uh, touch Washington with something. That he pulls on his butt, basically. Um, guess we'll go to the next card or fight that's um, on that card. It's actually for a title eliminator as well. Uh, we got Nuke Rashi Warren uh, making his return to the ring after losing uh, to Zizi. Uh, he'll be making his debut at a junior bantamweight, um, 115 pounds. Uh, to fight me, Joe Arroyo. This is actually a pretty good fight, honestly. Um, let me get you guys take on this, starting with both. Uh, they'll be fighting the IBF Junior Bantamweight title eliminator. And like I said, that that 115 division is smoking right now. That's the division with Chocolatito and all those other guys. So, I mean, you add Rashi Warren in the mix now, crazy. Bo, me okay. I go first. Uh, as Rashi warning, who again? I I I I, I didn't. Arroyo, Arroyo, Arroyo. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now you know what I like. Now this fight I like. Um, I'm I'm not real high on Arroyo, um, because he's the one with the with the brother that's in that same division, right? Boy, yeah, he's the one that fought Chocolatito with one you know. shoe, like with a fucked up shoe. Right. Uh, I actually like this. I like this fight. Uh, Rashid Warren, the only thing with, with, about it is uh, you want to kind of get sold on Rashid Warren, but uh, it's kind of hard to sometimes, man. He, he makes it hard for you. <laughs> but it's a good fight. Um, Marroyo was in there with, with Chocolatito. Uh, Rashid, he, he starts out strong, but he don't remain strong as the fight goes on. I forget what fight that was he had. Well, I thought he was going to win that fight because he came out kind of strong. Yeah. And he, he, he faded toward the end. And it was like, oh, man. So I like this fight because McRoyal um, is the same way. McRoyal ha- has his moments. He'll start out strong, fade, then come back and fade again. So it's going to be a very, very good fight. I think it's going to be high. Like we said, them dudes at 115, man, they're high action, high output. So it's going to be a very, very good fight. I could see some knockdowns, even maybe even a knockout, to be honest with you, because these are, are two close-quarter type fight dudes. 
So uh, I like Marroyo in this fight, honestly, only because uh, Rashid hasn't did anything. He hasn't changed the way he fights. He still fights the same way. He has. He makes no adjustments. And if he fights uh, this way against McRoyal, it favors McRoyal in my opinion. But as far as the fight, I like the, and the implications of this fight because the winner of this fight could move on to bigger and better things. And like uh, uh, you know, if Roman Gonzalez wins, and maybe even a Nahui Noye. So I like it, man. Uh, the winner of the fight will be in a position to fight Derwin and, and Kahas. He was uh, mm. the young young guy, um, young champion yeah. under Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Pacquiao, yeah. Most next, fun, yeah. He was on that undercard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that dude, nice that's fighter. a tough yeah, fight. He's a nice little dude. About, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's going to be a tough fight for whoever wins this fight. That's a tough fight, G. Real tough. All right. Um, Bernard, let me get your take on this one, man. Uh, your prediction. What you think of the fight? Um, agree with my partner, but there's one thing I would say this: I do. I am not sold on Rasheed Warren. Mm-hmm. With that being said, this possibly is, is a fifty-fifty fight. I will. I will. Man, both pretty. Um, yeah, I'm tongue twisted. Flow. Uh. Fuck you, bro. I was thinking about something else. Uh, you messed me up. Yeah, because he just messed me up. Okay, let me get my thoughts straight, people. Now. Yeah, get it straight, Bernard. We're, we're live. Warren. Yeah, I know. Warren. <laughs> right. Warren started off strong last fight against EZ. Knocked him down, what, two or three times within the first two rounds. And after that, it was just. When I saw um, Warren fight Payano live in Chicago, I was not sold on Warren. Warren did not win that fight to me. With that being said, I don't. I, I need to see him. I hope he improves. You know, that's all you can ask. Hopefully, he has his stamina up. Hopefully, he has his game plan, and I hope he doesn't abandon his fucking jab in this fight. That's what he needs to use. Utilize his speed and utilize that jab. Hit him. Utilize his speed. Hit him with the jab. Apply that pressure. Pop in and out. That's all he needs to do, and he can win these bouts easily. And basically get a knockout or whatever he has to do. But if he doesn't stick to that plan, and also keep your fucking hands up, man. And I was really pissed about how he fought ZZ. It was very horrible, and that's why he lost. So I'm not sold on him. So I'm going to pick a Royal. To pull it off, um, I'm actually gonna uh, make this unanimous decision among the, the panel. Um, the Royal gave Chocolatito everything he could handle, and he fought with one shoe on. That said, I don't think um, Rashi has the motor to fight these guys at 115. Like his output wasn't necessarily super high. At 122, I mean, um, at 118, and you know, at 115, these guys are even higher motor as far as output. When you look at the the Stratas and you know the Newies and you know Chocolatitos, like these guys are actually higher motor. Um, he's dealt with the a, a, a high pressure guys like ZZ and um, Payano. 
you know, that are regular fighters. Um, but, I mean, going down to 115, these guys actually have a little bit more skill set to go with it, I think. Um, and I mean, Joe, you know, high just as an accomplished amateur as Rashi, Warren. Um, he's been in there against the guy who was considered the pound-for-pound pound fighter for a while, you know, prior to his last loss. So I definitely got to favor uh, – I mean, the only thing that I think is bad is that he's coming off of a lot of inactivity. Like, his career hasn't necessarily been managed great since Chocolatito fight. So, I mean, that would be my main concern. But I think they kind of knew this fight was coming, so they were in some kind of preparation. This was actually announced on, like, two weeks' notice. So I don't know what kind of preparation either camp has been in. Rasheed Warren um, has been – Rasheed Warren has been training – I will say that I've seen him on his Instagram, and um, he he was he's been training like eight weeks out, at least like six yeah, to eight weeks out. So he has to put be a fight coming up. I just don't. I, I yeah, I'm surprised. It, this is a, a, actually a fight that should should have had a little bit more time to build. Honestly, the uh, not not like on the scale of a, a building on a super fight, but I'm just saying both of the fighters coming in and being at their best. You know, because like I said, I mean, Joe uh, Arroyo is a very good fighter. Um, Rashi, you know, he's that's titleist. So, I mean, these are definitely good guys. You just want them to be at their most prepared state, which I'm not sure they are with this fight being announced, you know, pretty much on two weeks' notice. But um, I definitely think Arroyo should be able to win this one. Um, he, he's used to, to the weight class and, and the motor. That, that that comes with it. I don't think Rashi is going to be necessarily ready for the for the output that comes with this weight class, but we'll see. Um, leads us to our next fight, which I believe is uh, the big one. Oh, no, actually another title eliminator. Um, Jamal Charlo making his 160-pound debut, fighting in the WBC middleweight title eliminator against uh, Jorge Sebastian Highland. Man, the implications of this one, the winner will be going on the face. It looks like uh, the winner of uh, Triple G versus... Um, yeah, well, whoever. Yeah, I think the belt might actually be vacant if... Uh, Canelo or... Canelo said he don't want that shit. He don't fuck with w, the WBC. Fuck them. Yeah, so, I mean, that shit could actually end up vacant um, if Gennady loses. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, let me get you guys the thoughts on this fight and Charlo looking to make a bang, you know, statement. Um, he says this power will translate immediately to 160. Bernard, let me get your thoughts on this one. I can't really speak on his opponent because I have no clue who he is or who he's fought. And I say that because uh, who, who is who is Highland? Well, I know Charlo. I, I, I see Charlo pulling it off. I'm not going to say knockout, but I definitely want to say it's going to be a dominant performance unanimously. Unanimous, yeah, unanimously. Damn, let me get some water in my sister. I got cotton mouth. Um, Why you got cotton mouth? Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what the fuck are we hearing on this show today? 
yeah. He he's gonna win unanimously and um like I said, he's he's coming in, he's gonna make a statement. For the WBC. I'm kinda shocked though. Well I shouldn't be shocked. The WBC they do what they want with the uh, division by throwing Charlo that quick because he came in under the IBF um, sanctioned body. So I guess the statement he made against uh, J Rock impressed the WBC for them to give him the title shot. So Alright, uh passing on the bow and just to give a little background on uh Highland, I mean he comes from that that Argentina school. I mean, a lot you know. There's a lot of rugged guys from down there. Um, WBC uh, international title holder for quite some time. His biggest fight is against Matthew Macklin, you know, which he won by KO three years ago. But he's fought relatively only in Argentina against little known competition. Um, so I'll go ahead and let Bo give his thoughts on this one. Oh man, it's still okay. I we talk about the ranking system, so you can't necessarily blame Charlo because this is what the ranking system is doing. However, uh, I do like the fact that this is a fight that's going to be an eliminated matchup. That Charlo is, is, you know, puts him in a good position. Um, I think he wins this fight, to be honest with you. I, I think he actually wins and probably wins this motherfucking fight quite easily. If we, um, you know, if we keep it real, I think he wins it and, and wins it fairly easily. But, oh, man, the thought that he could maybe even win the WBC belt, because like we said, if Carnello wins, he might not keep that belt. So then they'll have a, a fight uh, for that, uh, for that vacant belt. So, wow, dog. I like this, man. I like I, I like this. I like everything about it. I like the, the fact that these guys are challenging themselves. Uh, granted, it, if, if the dude from Argentina, he comes, like you said, Twan, he comes from the Argentina school. You can't really dismiss him. But then again, I can't exactly uh, see him um, – you know, beating Charlo either, though. So, a good fight. Uh, I see Charlo winning this fight. And now we just got to see what happens. Like I said, man, it's a curious game now because what happens once he, uh, 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 once this fight is um, done, everything that happens next is going to be based off of what Carnelo Alvarez does, what the outcome of that fight is going to be. Yeah. But I like yeah. it. I like this fight for Charlo. Uh, I haven't seen none from the guy he's facing that should give him trouble. But, again, this is boxing. But J- Jamal Charlo is reaching a level that we're seeing in front of us. Like, and my partner say this. I like his attitude because people was mad at him when he, he, he made that comment. Like, man, shit, fuck him. Shoot, I'm about to fight that ass. So I'm not going to sit in and talk nice about him. Fuck him. And I'm like, yeah, that's how you should be. I know motherfuckers don't like it, but it's like, shit, that's how that... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I definitely uh, see Jamal winning this by UD. Um, Highlands lost a a couple times, never been knocked down or knocked out. So, I mean, we'll we'll see if his power translates early in this fight. Um, 
I definitely think he'll be able to hit him with some good shots. I just don't think he'll be able to get the Argentine out of there. Um, so I predict the UD for him. Um, man, there's some interesting scenarios that could play out. Like, uh, you know, we mentioned Canelo possibly uh, dropping the belt if he wins. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that, I mean, him, Daniel Jacobs right there, David Lemieux, Murata's fighting for the WBA belt again against uh, Endown. So, I mean, that's pretty much who we're looking at being in that, that next list of, list of guys, Jamal Char- Charlo, Daniel Jacobs, and David Lemieux. Mm-hmm. So the WBC has some big things at stake here. Um, Canelo, go ahead and drop that belt. I'm not mad at any of the matchups we can get out of this personally. Um, Have y'all seen how Can- Canelo's height is up? His how him and the Charlo, the Charlos are taller than um, Canelo. I'm not saying that doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, they almost yeah, they're, they're way bigger than him. Like they're yeah, like pushing way bigger than him, feet. man. Well, I know uh, Jamal is pushing six. So I think Jamal is a little, little shorter, but um, yeah, Jamal is definitely the taller one. He's like pushing six, if not more. Um, so we'll see how this fight, these fight plans out on pans out on Saturday, which leads us to our big main event for the evening, man. A.B. versus Mikey Garcia for the WBC Diamond Belt title, which is another story in itself, man. Um, Don't become the the WBA. No, no, don't do that shit, man. Don't become what the WBA was and trying to get away from. Anyways, um, yeah. Let me get you guys' thoughts on this fight, your predictions. Um, we've seen a little swing as far as the odds recently. Um, initially, Mikey Garcia was the heavy favorite, still the favorite now, but we're starting to, to see people get on that train and have faith in A.B. again, considering he's been on task and making weight and looking like he's playing the role of being prepared. Bo, let me get you to start off on this one, man. Uh, your thoughts on this fighting winner? As always, I always say I hate the fact that we have to base everything off of a focus, Adrian Broner. Uh, I thought it was criminal that Mikey Garcia was such a heavy favorite. He was a five-one favorite at one point. I thought not only was it criminal, I thought it was highly disrespected Adrian Broner, and I think Adrian Broner saw that. And this is what made him get motivated. I'm also saying this too. I think that uh, I think when 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 you look at this, uh, Adrian Broner is looking at it like, man, y'all gonna get the little brother? Y'all trying to get the little brother to come fight me? You know what I'm saying? Like this is a little dude. You know, Marcos Maidana beat me. He's already feel some kind of way about that. So he lose to Marcos Maidana. Maidana beats him. Now y'all going to bring in a little motherfucking brother? Man, fuck that. So that's his motivation. It's a good fight to me. It's a pick-em fight. I say this all the time, only because of this one reason right here. Um, 
Mikey Garcia is going to be the most technically sound fighter Agent Broner has ever fought in his life. Mikey Garcia is very precise. He, 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 he has good precision. He's very precise. He has decent power. The thing with power is, does it translate up? Now, Agent Broner is going to be the most athletic fighter Mikey Garcia has ever faced, ever. And we know that Mikey Garcia has chin issues. He's been down before from less opponents. However, uh, Adrian Broner, because people talk about Adrian Broner's power, but the thing is, when you come down in weight from being up, I'm just curious if Adrian Broner's body is going to allow him to translate his power because he's coming down. Going up, it's always, tell people all the time, it's always easier going up than coming down, always. So I like this fight. In my opinion, it's a 50-50 fight. Now that the... The person who needs this fight is Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner cannot afford to lose this fight. If he loses this fight, that's it. It's over. So he can't afford to lose this fight. Now, if he loses, like, if it goes 12 rounds and it's a, a decision and some people think it's a fucked-up decision, okay, he can overlook that. But if he just flat-out gets out, you know, gets beat, flat-out gets beat, no, nah, man, uh-uh, that's not going to look good for AB at all, period. So a- Adrian Broner needs this fight. If Mikey Garcia wins this fight, then you know, kudos to him. And if he loses this fight, it don't, it, it doesn't do anything to him because he can still go back down to 130, and you know, make fights with Jorge Linares and and stuff of that nature. And of course, you know, people always say, well, Mikey Garcia went up to 140 to fight Adrian Broner, so he didn't have to do that, and he did, and he doesn't have to do that. So I like it. Very good fight. Has some good implications as far as what can happen for the loser and the winner. But in my opinion, this is the fight that Adrian Broner needs. If Adrian Broner loses this fight to a smaller guy, Mikey Garcia, something that's not controversial as far as decision, it can be bad for him. Like if he's getting outboxed or he can get knocked out, it can be bad for him. If Mikey Garcia loses this fight, like I said, he can go back down to 135. But because I'm, Mikey has been the more consistent fighter, Mikey has, has shown uh, a certain level of consistency and professionalism and always being prepared a lot more than Adrian Broner, I have to side with that, uh, but I do like well, like you. I like what I'm seeing with it because I'm looking at his training camp, man. He got Hunter and Stevenson and Crawford in his training camp, Jack. So I like what I, I definitely like what I'm seeing. And if we can get that Broner that fought DeMarcos, it could be a it could be a long day for Mikey Garcia. But good fight, man. I think this is a come. This is gonna be a come to Jesus moment for AB. All right, uh, Bernard, your take on this fight? And I disagree with a statement that Bo said, that it was totally disrespected, 5-1. to one. Let's be honest. The reason why that 5-1 was was uh, put out there is because how A.B. has perceived itself. Not about the bout, Billy. It's not about his um, persona. It's his work ethic. His work ethic got him that 5-1 to one in Vegas on Mikey Garcia being a uh, more favorable fighter. With that being said, and we know how Mikey Garcia is, he's very, he's technically sound. Heck, if you've been watching, anybody's been keeping up with the Fight High videos, they said to himself that Mikey Garcia is harder than Madonna. So apparently, he's, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say his power translates at the 140, that's not what I'm saying. But expect Brown to feel some power. We have a problem with Broner here. Okay, yeah, Broner is trying to prove to people that, hey, I could make weight, I could make weight, I could make weight. But that's not the issue we're talking about. 
can you consistently be mentally prepared, go in that fight and box him? Let your fucking hands go. That's what I mean. Let your fucking hands go. And also, 2K uh, uh, was talking about, get out that wide stance. I think we spoke about it before. I want to (laughs) see... Yeah. I want to see. I want to see. Um, what's his name? Broner uses footwork. Do like he did when he fought John Molina on PBC. When you talking about, hey, I'm a different Broner. I'm I change this and that. Da da da. Right? And he ended up coming in that fight, and he yeah, they, he he wasn't running, but you noticed that John Molina was looking to land that overhand right, and he was Broner was avoiding it at all costs. He was using his foot because. Molina wasn't using his fucking jab. Ronald was using his jab to the head, to the body. He was doing all that. He was boxing him. I want to see that Broner. Not necessarily as it beat the uh, one that fight DeMarco. I want to see the Broner that fight John Molina. I know it's kind of crazy. I don't want to see the Broner that sits there and takes punches and try to stay in the shoulder roll and do this and that. And then when he gets the, that pressure hits him, he, 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 he's trying to clinch, but it looks sloppy as hell. So... You know he's doing whatever he's trying to do. My thing is this: I want to see the see that bro in that fight. You, you, use your um footwork, man. Use that jab. Use your speed. Use your athleticism that you have to avoid. Think. But with all that being said, I feel like Mikey Garcia is gonna do the same game plan that Maidana did. Not like that, but more in a technical manner. He's gonna apply that pressure, and he's gonna get a late round stoppage. I say, uh, mm. late, uh, yeah, since when I've been calling it. Mm. Well, there's been the style that's been uh, a kryptonite for A.B. in his career. You know, we've seen it against uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon, Marcos Maidana, Sean Porter. It's guys that, could, that can pressure you. Um, I'm not necessarily sure. That's what we're going to see from Garcia because that's not what he does. I just know he has the capability of doing it because of who his trainer is. I mean, that's one of the things they teach there. Mikey's a better boxer, um, you know, one of the more sound boxers, though. I think he's had uh, the advantage of growing up, you know, as a, with his dad being a trainer, his brother being that, or uh, two, his, two of his brothers actually being that boxers. Um, and it's usually the youngest one that soaks all that shit in, and it's the better one. Uh-huh. You know, um, it happens. It happens a lot. Like I've seen it plenty of times in Boston. So, um, I mean, look at Floyd. His dad, his know, uncle, and Floyd is probably the better yeah. out of Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure, it, all three. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree. So, I mean, he just he comes from a fighting family. This shit is like really, really in his blood. Um. I mean, even mental, from the mental aspect, I think it's in his blood. Um, that's the one thing I don't think we know if A.B. has. We know he has the athleticism, but does he have the mental sparks in the ring? Because when he's been face, had to face adversity inside the ring, he hasn't necessarily done the best, you know, or reacted well to it. Um, Mikey, on the other hand, he has. You know, we've seen him down on the canvas earlier in his career, came back and knocked the motherfucker out. You know what I'm saying? So, um, 
there's definitely a lot at stake here. Um, I can see why the odds are getting closer as the fight gets near. A.B. looks focused, and if you technically break it down, he's, he's, the, biggest, he's the biggest puncher that the Garcia has faced. And Garcia, like I say, Garcia has been down. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you know a shot can put him down from A.B., and if A.B. could capitalize on it, it could change the tide of a fight. But tech. Technically, I mean, skill for skill, I think Mikey is the better fighter, and I'm going off of that. You know, he sparred with my was uh, my dynasty sparring partner in his camps for Floyd, so I don't think the power is necessarily an issue. Um, I think he he might be. I think he should be able to deal with the power for the most part. Uh, I think if he gets into a wrestling match, is when it would be a detriment to him. So, I mean, there's actually um, a lot of things A.B. can do to neutralize and win this fight, but he's going to be on the, have to be on the top of his game. And it's an A.B. we haven't seen. And like I said, uh, other than DeMarco and the John Molina fights, you know, he didn't look good against Ashley Theophane. Um He didn't look good against Adrian Granados. I mean, he just hasn't looked good. I, I mean, I thought he Granados looked. He looked. Fight, to be honest with you, I don't think he beat Granados. Honestly, I thought he lost. That's why I said, yeah, yeah. I thought Granados won that fight. If he being, uh, in my opinion, yeah. So I mean, this is facing a guy that's technically sounder than all of those guys, and is a three class, three uh, three weight division champion. I mean, it's kind of hard to go against that. Um, even though he is going up five pounds in weight and has that going against him against a naturally bigger, more athletic guy. But I think he has the mental ability and just the technical skill set that to be the A B. More diverse. Um, so I'm definitely gonna go with the <clears throat> Mikey in this fight, but I wouldn't be surprised if A B shocks us. And that's not hedging my bets, but I just I'm not I wouldn't be shocked. Considering the size, you know, and the power that AB actually has, um, we've seen it carry up to even 147 against uh, Sean Porter. You know, he put him down when guys like Keith Thurman yeah. haven't been able to knock him down. So that shows you AB really does have legit pop. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Bernard, let's go into your uh, fucker, your boxing award or fucker of the week, man. I'm going to say this. I don't really want to give this fool any more um, press. He shouldn't even gather. For the fact that boxing put this article out, this fool said, and I'm talking about fool, the peanut butter hand man, Billy Holson said he will fight Willie Morrow for $35. The latter latter test test determined that was a lie. You didn't fight Gabe Rosado. (laughs) For more than that, you didn't fight. Who? Okay, he didn't fight. He didn't want to fight Gay Rosado. Then he wasn't there supposed to be a potential fight with Willie Monroe before that. It was like all these opponents that Billy Ho was supposed to fight didn't happen. He said, "I will fight Willie Monroe for seventy-five dollars." This right here, example for people, is somebody that is babysitting the bell, talking all this shit, and I just want to see him lose. Point blank, period. Because I'm tired of this cat and his little his nonsense. Like it's ridiculous. 
All this fuck shit he be talking, and he ain't fighting nobody. He's holding on to the WBO belt. You know what? I would be cool if that motherfucker was signed to Bob Aaron. That's who he needs to be signed with. But, man, the fucking award goes to Billy Hosanna for talking that bullshit. It's a nonsense. I can't wait till he fucking loses. Willie Monroe, I'm supporting Willie Monroe. I hope he wins. And that's it. Alright, uh, fellas, when do y'all want to do a final blow or y'all want to take it off this week, man? I don't really have anything to add, uh, for a final blow this week. We had a lot of time. There's always something to say for a final blow. <laughs> Alright, I'll go ahead and let uh, Bo take this one, man. I never said that. Oh, I mean, I'll take it. There's always something to say for a final blow. Um, boxing in 2017 is probably at the point where we wanted it to be and probably at a point that we hoping will happen next year. And with that being said, let's stop trying to say who's doing what better and all that. Let's just give praise to all of them. And this is for myself included. Let's just give praise to all of them. I'm not saying don't call them on their bullshit. Don't, I'm not saying that. If it's bullshit, call them on it. But let's sit back and appreciate these fights. Who gives a fuck who the promoter is? Who gives a fuck who, who you know, who benefits from that? We are fans. We're not lawyers. We're not uh, promoters. We're not part. We ain't even part of the fucking team. We're fans. So let's behave ourselves like fans and appreciate these fights and why they're happening because the cold hard reality is the reason why the U.K. fan base and the European fan base is so much more better than ours is for that reason right there, appreciation, okay? Chris Eubanks Jr., we know fought uh, a guy in, in, in um, Arthur Abram who, come on, we know he was, he's, he's not still the same dude, but guess what? They appreciated that because it's, it's still boxing. So let's show our appreciation for it. Let's stop trying to divide ourselves, you know, hardcores and casuals and all. No, man, this is the best year we've been asking for. Guys are making moves that we want them to make, and let's give them their praise, okay? Let's stop, like, unless you're telling me you're ready to put some gloves on and get your ass in the fucking ring, <laughs> then it's okay. I mean, stop talking about fight. If a fighter is showing me he's trying and he wants to do something better, hey, more, more props to you. I'm going to give it to you. But the fighters who have who aren't trying to do anything better and things is happening around him, we need to get on their ass. We need to get on mainstream media ass for giving certain fights a pass, okay? And 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 using that ancient old fucking excuse about oh well money this money that no either it's we want to see dudes fight or we don't, okay? Am I I'm sick and I'm tired just like everybody else of uh. You know, Danny Garcia fighting once a year, uh, Keith Thurman, but, okay, he's injured. But, hell, I'm just like everybody else. Yeah, I want to see these motherfuckers in the ring more. But since they're not getting in the ring, I'm going to look at everybody else that is getting in the ring. David Benavidez is stepping his game up, like we said. Heard and all of this. Boxing is in a really good place this year. Uh, you, you, you have top rank on ESPN, and I hope it succeeds. I don't want to see no part of boxing fail. I don't care who it, who you are. I don't hate anybody. I want to see it succeed. But if in order for it to succeed, I also want to see them work together. 
so it can be as successful as it, as it can possibly be. And I don't give a fuck who gets credit for it, okay, because we the fans benefit from when all of these people are working together. We benefit from when we get the best fights. It don't matter who gets the fucking credit, who gives a shit, as long as we get the fight. So let's stop this shit. Let's stop dividing divide amongst ourselves. We are a community. If mainstream media don't want to talk about nothing, then you know what? Start your platform and do like we're doing right here at the movement, and you talk about it. It's not that hard, but be honest, be real, and and unbiased. And unbiased, and like my man 2K would say, stop the fucking hate. All right, a lot of good points brought up by Bo. Uh, biggest year in boxing in quite some time. Uh, we thought this is what we would see in 2015 after a mega match, you know. Um, it's taking two years for this, for this the stuff to come to fruition, but it's here now. We're getting competitive fights across the board. Um, a lot more viewership, which is a good thing. Um, and I definitely uh, want to, uh, to your testament about the UK fans, man, that's very powerful. When you could make a living off a regional belt and be known, glamorized in your country off of regional titles, that's real support. You imagine somebody with an NABF belt here. I mean, don't nobody know who you are here. You got an NABF title or something regional. So, I mean, that that's a lot of love right there. And we definitely need to get more of that here in the States, man. But with that said, man, I'm going to let everybody get their handles before we get up out of here. Starting off with Bernard. Uh, where can I get you at, man? Oh, you can find me, a.k.a. Detective B, on Instagram at The Movement, BP, D-A-M-U-V-M-E-N-T-B-P. You can also find me on Twitter at the Movement Boxing D A M U V M E T B O X I N G. The D M and the B is capital. Find me on Facebook in the uh, the Movement Facebook uh, group, as well as um, Eastwick SSS Boxing talking boxing and bullshit, as well as Fisticuffs Boxing Ring IQ. All the majority of the good decent boxing group. We also in the casual as well. Handing out L's, who's currently still undefeated. Uh, with that being said, uh, yeah, check us out on on these groups, man. You know, break down, let's chop it up on some boxing, man. And, you know, we'll have some decent conversation. In fact, we also like to have fun, too, so jump in. Also, yeah. uh, I want to say this, too. Uh, is more stuff on the uh, on the movement on uh, Instagram will be coming soon of uh, Detective B, the Chronicles of Detective B. Yeah, he's definitely keeping our Instagram popping. Uh, I get a kick out of it. I can't necessarily. I be wanting to like all our own posts, but I can't. <laughs> but he's Man. definitely been killing it lately. Uh, let me go ahead and pass it on to Bo. Your, uh, your social media handles, where can they find you at, man? Man, you can find me on YouTube, Truth and Fact About Boxing. Um and I just want to say that uh, this is the official day of one year of Truth and Facts About Boxing. Congratulations. Yeah, one year, man, of Truth and Facts About Boxing. Uh, shout out to my man, B, because, you know, when we first started out, we would do we would do the skits 
at the end, but I think you're getting more from the Instagram page with those skits, which is which is solid as shit. And man, I, I you know, because a couple people have been asking me, you know, you and Bernard beefing y'all? Like, no, we ain't beefing, motherfucker. We grown ups. This is what grown ups do, okay? This is how grown ups behave. Goddamn, he's branching out doing his thing, but you still see him on the show. Let me let me address that real quick. Isn't here's the thing: if Bo is doing his thing, going pound for pound, guard your grill, and all the other ring IQ and um hands of uh, hands of fire boxing podcast, if he's doing his thing, and I'm just sitting there stagnant, it's kind of like you know what? I need to step up my game too. You know what I'm saying? Which is nothing wrong. Which is nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I've done pound for pound. I do some other um, things too as well, but I'm like, you know what? My lane is the skits. I know right. skits, skits, and also doing research. And so I've, me with credit to Twine, allowed me to be on this podcast and join the, the movement, and as well as do the Instagram page and the Twitter. So that's what I'm taking over. Or I'm not taking over, but put a, putting my um, hands at. So. I'm still repping truth and facts about boxing, but I'm also repping the movement at the same time. So we're all like, we're all, it's a, it's a partnership. So exactly. if I do something, it benefits all five of us. So it's no beef. I, I got to find my niche. I know, how to, I know how to stay in my lane and play my position, and I'll play it well. So I don't get out of my lane. So I, I, I'll, say that, I'll say that. Right. <laughs> well. Yeah, and you can also find me on uh, Twitter at uh, 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 capital T for truth underscore capital F for fact box one. Also Instagram at truth underscore facts. Now my Instagram ain't as popping as the movement because of them goddamn skits be be putting up. <laughs> but I be putting up, I be putting up the little things about me and my daughter, and that that shit is always funny as shit too. So um, and like B said, pound for pound, uh, main event guard your grill. We live these sleep boxing ring at Q Hands of Fire podcast right here with you guys at the movement and at the and at the movement um uh, uh uh Facebook page also as well. You know, uh shout out to Willie the Kid, you know, he he got Eastwick talking boxing and bullshit. Uh the return of Tyrese, his wife has let his punk ass off punishment be back on motherfucking Facebook. So the return of Tyrese Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you you understand the return to Tyrese. And you know what? Let me say something, man. Here at the movement, all of us have our own thing. And like my man B said at the end, but we, 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 we start out and we branch out. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That shit is called growth. And with that being said, we don't get mad at each other. So I just want my boys to know that punk-ass fucking picture that you copied and pasted up on the fucking page. When I was making fun of my family, when I had that that, that shower cap on with that dress, I got you, niggas. I got something for you, niggas. All right, I got you, niggas. I got you, niggas. And I got something for you, niggas. Hey, I wouldn't even mention that. Uh, well, shit. Yeah, I think you kind of gave yourself. You know, I would never said anything, dog. I, I, I was just, I was just waiting. Oh yeah, two K don't think I forgot about that uh, missing person. You know. Thing either. Good. I got something for I got him. Y'all. I got y'all. And, shout, and our boys, TK, couldn't be here. Uh, the, uh, you know, TK and, and, and Big Cool couldn't be here. Shout out to them. Uh, props to uh, uh, 
on a sad note, man, a very close friend of mine passed away this morning. We went to high school together, grew up together, everything, man, just like family passed away. So, you know, all I pay to him and his family. And uh, 2K couldn't be here. Uh, he didn't have enough eggs to get him up for the show, so he couldn't make it. Uh, Big Cool Big cool couldn't be here. He had to negotiate that Twinkie contract. Shout and that fried bologna sandwiches. Yeah, and that fried <laughs> Shout out to our boys, man. And, uh, man, here, look, like we said, here at the movement, yeah, we talk boxing. Yes, you know, hey, man, listen, yes, we talk shit to people, but we are fair. And, you know, we, you know, we are fair. We are a group. And we love this sport, and that's why what y'all see us doing, we do it for the sport because ain't no big motherfucking paychecks came this goddamn way. Although 2K, with his 3 million subscribers, I think he holding the fuck out. <laughs> he just spent it all on eggs. That's what it is. Be on the lookout for 2K's uh, new book coming out, his uh, recipe, his smoothie recipe book. Um you know, his favorite morning thing is the kale, beet, powdered eggs, and sausages in a blender, <laughs> in the juicer. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he get down. He likes yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so be on the lookout for his smoothie, his smoothie book um, coming out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but, yeah, man, um, shout out and to his, the And his workout plan, out. too. It comes out with a pre-workout plan. <laughs> You're right. It's pre-workout plan. Uh, big up to our brother's YouTube video, man. 2K, the prodigy of boxing, his YouTube channel. Um, big cool from Colossal Boxing Talk. Also, his uh, YouTube channel. And uh, you can catch him on their Facebook page, Colossal Boxing Talk. Um, hopefully, his big ass could be on next week. He ain't been on in a minute. Um, 2K, you might have to edit that part out. But yeah, we're gonna catch you all next week. Till then, I'm Twan the Divine Liberty of HoopJab.com, man, and we're gonna keep keep bringing you all this uh, news. I'm biased, you know. Uh, like the fella said, you know, we all got our own separate entities, but together we are the movement. Are the movement, you know what I'm saying? Peace. Boys and shit. This shit ended yet. My bad, y'all. I had to reload the page and do it. Wow. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.